0: Well, here we go. It's the most wonderful time of the year, and the very first time that This Is Hardcore podcast will be legitimately talking completely and totally about an active coming up, This Is Hardcore. And who better than the people that stand by me, stand over me, and stand with me through all these crazy missions over all these crazy years. I have with me none other than Kevin Hare of the Pennsylvania hardcore legendary band Hare to Stay. <laughs> I have none other than Bob Wilson, who honestly killed it tonight at the gold show, kills it on all the Bob Wilson joints, and is the master of FYA, and... For a long time I've had this young man Greg Falchetto, Greg Mongoloids, uh on my side with us on a lot of crazy Shadow Realm road trips. Had a lot of great times and um it's also cool to have all that all three of you guys have been a guest on the podcast earlier. So everybody kinda is it who's listening for a long time knows who you guys are. But uh Greg, you brought back the school jam back, been in a million bands and um in general, I'm just like that all you guys are here to talk about this is hardcore 2022 with me. So, um, thank you guys for coming on, and uh, each one of you guys could say a little something, something, and then we'll get the party started. Don't jump too soon, guys. I
1: was, I was waiting for Kev, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think the lineup the you want me to go first, from, uh, you, you missed your chance. Sorry, now, uh. <laughs> Yeah, I think the the lineup's awesome. I think you fucking crush it and I think that uh people are going to be psyched on on the return this year, so it's like to talk about it with you guys.
0: That means a lot to me. Thank you so much.
2: Yeah, I'm just very glad that it's back and that things are truly normal now that the best weekend of the year is back.
3: Yeah, back in a crazy way too. I mean, even looking at the lineup on the shared screen right now, I mean, you really outdid yourself this year. You got lots of wild things going on.
0: Is this a. Is, do I need to make this bigger for you guys to read better? Is it easier if I do that?
3: Kev, can you see it okay? Me? You okay, yeah. Kev?
0: <laughs> yeah. It, Kev's, I'm good. Kev's glasses are getting a little bit tuned up in a couple weeks because his eyes are getting worse. <laughs> nah, guys, I mean, for those listening, Bob Wilson and Greg have been coming over and, um, given the uh, special, the special overlook, the insight, if there's smart tweaks and younger bands or consistently performing and consistently supporting bands on the bill, it's going to be in the jurisdiction of Bob and Greg to make sure that I don't overlook as I'm dealing with all the chaos of these other bands. Mm -hmm. And um, for anybody who does any kind of project zine, show anything that the better you have the more people that you have that you trust you do great things the better your project's going to be overall and i'm really lucky that i have the world of bob and greg to look at this thing one thousand times over the last couple weeks so uh as i said before and i'll say it again it was a chaotic time to get hate and I was really, 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 really like, can I keep just keep chasing this fucking band? Like, is this really what's going to happen? Am I going to keep chasing these motherfuckers? And I am that dude that chased this thing long enough to the point where we centered the entire fest from the weekend it was on to like, they're, the center band. They're the headliner that Saturday. Like, Hatebreed was the make or break band to really be able to anchor a lot of things to. And I was so happy to be able to tell you guys. And I... I wonder if you guys even believe me when I was like, "Yo, they're finally fucking in."
2: They
1: were the white whale of the fest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, whenever you, when you hit us the, I don't know who you told like first or whatever, but you're like, oh, I think they're in, like, blah, blah blah. And I was I was literally shocked that I straight up did not think it was ever going to happen. So the fact that it's finally happening after all these years, I kind of think like it makes not playing the first fucking whatever, 15 years or whatever, like the, all the buildup, I think, I think this is like the best possible timing for it. And it's just going to be like crazier than it would have been even before. So glad it finally happened. I'm glad it's happening now.
0: I appreciate that. Um, and I, as I said on the last podcast uh, and Greg can speak to this more, you know, uh, people who are not from our area, really don't grasp what Thursday is to a hardcore scene because, you know, they're not from here and they don't know Jeff Rickley's story. They definitely know don't know that Jeff, or maybe they didn't know that Jeff sang for Ink and Dagger the entire set in 2010, and that Jeff gunked up and played some songs, sang some songs with Turning Point at that reunion at This Is Hardcore. And so it's kind of like, how, how are you going to ask the man to come out and do two separate sets on well, two separate years, but not have his band, especially when Jeff was a dude who was at First Unitarian Church shows. And Thursday was a huge part of that whole Club Chrome, South Jersey, Central Jersey hardcore scene. Right, Greg?
3: 100%. Yeah, I mean, I saw the Full Collapse record release was at Eminem Hall, which uh, was an Old wow, Bridge. Old Bridge. Yeah, and that, that was run by uh, my buddy Charlie's mom, Sue Mecca. So it was like we spent a lot of time. It was right around the corner from Birch Hill too, but you know, we spent a lot of time at Eminem Hall. And that's actually where I booked my first show. So, you know, Thursday early on really got me interested in in hardcore and, and just aggressive music. And I remember seeing that show and then even there and going to see, I think it was Poison the Well, Destro and uh Sana Sangre, maybe. Like they played the same night and the, the Thursday show was maybe fifty kids. So to see you know twenty years later them to be on this hardcore stage headlining playing a record that to me is really important you know I know Kev Harrell will will agree very much so yes
2: I mean I, Full Collapse is one of those records that straight up I remember where and when I when I heard it like it's that type of record for me so I heard it when I was in ninth grade and immediately it was like what the what the hell is this yep. and then it was kind of a real gateway from what I was listening to before to ended up like eventually getting into hardcore stuff. So like truly it is a, a major record for me and seeing it at this is hardcore, honestly, it was one of those things I would really never even thought about. So having it happen there is pretty awesome on a personal level. And then just from the fest anyway.
3: And, and Thursday was infamous for bringing hardcore bands on shows. Like as, you know, I think, you know, full claps came out and it kind of, didn't didn't go right away like i think it took a minute for people to really understand it and then it kind of clicked and it went and they were bringing bands like most precious blood with them i saw death threat play with thursday a bunch of times like they were apparent you know hardcore fans so i think this makes perfect sense and it it's great
1: that's what i think kids that are a certain age well kids fucking grown men that are a certain age like around our age, like, I feel like younger kids, are like, damn, you're actually psyched for Thursday. Like, I didn't know you guys fuck with that. And I was like, dude, every single one of my friends loved Thursday. Like we all loved waiting. I remember being at a couple of shows leading up to full claps and they're like, Oh, we're putting out a new record. This one's on them. It's called like Paris and flames or whatever the hell they'll play. So like, yeah, I mean, this is a band that pretty much we all loved and just seeing it. I mean, like you definitely, I think saves the day kind of opened the floodgates with this a little bit when it made it like, more not like more acceptable but i feel like you know thursday just actually makes a lot of sense on this as hardcore if even if you don't like think about it at first and uh yeah i just think that's gonna be an awesome way to end the fest and you know i'm actually really excited to see that shit
0: nah it's i I tell you guys all the time you know like if the fest if the fest was based upon like a specific set like oh i i only booked the bands that i truly fuck with the, the, the world would be a much smaller place as far as how many bands we have to work with and growing up in this area and knowing the, the way that some of these bands, I mean, you know, like it, it, there's a reason why Thursday has that name, you know, it's a it's a no, it's a nod to turning point. Like this area has always had some form of melodic influence with some metallic stuff. And I think that this is probably the closest to Philadelphia uh, victory band we have potentially i don't think there's one who lives closer they never did anybody from baltimore and so it, it's important as the fest continues on that we encompass these bands and yeah they're probably early on in the early 2005 six or 2006 seven eight we could have got clowned on or like oh yeah look at this is a hardcore fest with thursday because they were they were in a different scope but i think as people grow older they realize like yo man like Thursday put on hardcore, as, as Greg said, and, you know, they were impactful to all these people who would go on to be hardcore kids in their own right and start their own bands here. And so cyclical just alongside with the hate stuff, it's cool to see Thursday getting celebrated as being part of this whole thing, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, again, like you said too, about the Jeff stuff, like, I mean, this is his third set and the first two were like monumental things that, you know, people thought would never happen. So him, Getting to play his own songs with his own band, I think, is like a cool,
0: full circle thing for him, especially with his hardcore. Yeah, when um, so like looking at the bill, uh, and those people are listening. This is nine a.m. This is Monday morning. You either haven't listened to, or uh, the last one, or maybe you did. But just so you haven't, the uh, we also put the artwork out for the fucking fest. So it's nine a.m. Eastern time. 12 o'clock we go on sale. I wanted to run through the bands and run through how the show is going to work. So if you're here looking at this going, what the fuck am I going to do? You have the option of buying a three day ticket. And the Friday night is the first day of that three. It's Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night is the three day ticket. I don't know how many times we've been like, Oh, can we use it for any three days? It's like, no, it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's the three day ticket. And The whole thing leads out with, like, if we're really starting, like, the true fest, even though we have a banger Thursday that we're going to talk about later, um, the whole fest starts off with none other than the Fools game. So uh, give us the rundown on the Fools game. I mean,
3: Clemo's definitely going to be drunk for sure, but they're a great new band from Philadelphia. (laughs) They're they're holding it down. Shout out Stucky, the little fucking creep. But they're awesome. <laughs> Two ringing endorsements. What? That's good. <laughs> a drunk
1: and a creep. Yeah, come early right to see <laughs> Now No, they got a oh. record
3: coming out on Street Fight Records from Long Island. and They're a fucking great new band. And, and they're my friends. And that's why I'm fucking around saying that stupid shit. But, but I love Fool's Game. And I think they're, they're a great new band out of Pennsylvania that people should check out and show up on time to, to enjoy. The uh the Friday
2: set at this hardcore we it's been talked about many times, but has always been a uh the first band has always been a local band that's really either just popping off or going to be the next one too, and so it's like a really cool place for to to start the fest every year every year with this is what's going on in our scene here here it is and so Fool's Game is a brand new band um. Ben Stuckey is at every single show, early, late, whatever, and all doing stuff. Jacob Smith's moshing at every show. Clemo travels all over the place. So it's pretty awesome that this year we have another new band that is
1: apt for that Friday spot. Yeah, I mean, them three kids specifically have put more miles on their cars and in the pit than like – I mean, it just, you know, hardcore is a lot of, you know, getting what you give in, you know, like – get what you put into it so you know the the amount that those kids support everything else like i'm glad that joe put them on you know to show like yo like you support everything we do we support you like it goes back and forth and uh yeah i'm glad i mean i'm i'm just glad they're a band because they were like two years ago i think they did the demo and then i thought it was like dead in the ground and then they basically just like reshuffled everything and and the way they've come back is is real cool and i'm glad to see uh Glad to see all those kids and bands that people give a fuck about and are paying attention to now. So I'm glad they're actually on.
0: Yeah, it was one of these, one of these things as we were going through the lineup. You know, uh, I don't book this fest going from the very top band all the way to the very bottom. Sometimes it's brick and brack and I have ideas. And a couple different times, full game – was like on the Excel sheet that we're using, off to the side. And a couple of times I deleted it. And a couple of times, guys like, "Hey, whatever happened to Fool's Game?" I'm like, oh fuck me, make sure we can remember that. <laughs> but and and it's for all the reasons you said because if whether you're in Indiana, Texas, Florida, Kentucky, the kids that put on the, for the local scene, if you don't have their fucking band on the bill, that's a problem. If if they're the band that is starting up and it's all kids who are there putting on then you're not supporting, you want your scene to support your fest, then your fest has to support your local scene, and that's why they're on this bill. And it, it, Bob Wilson's the one, years ago, I said, Bob, when do you want your new band to play? I think at the time it was Mother Mercy. And you blew me away. You're like, I want to play first on Friday. I'm like, why? He's like, everyone stands outside the venue and waits to get in so everyone sees the first band on Friday at the Starlight. And, and that was it. It's the Bob Wilson set. It's a Bob Wilson fucking uh, a, a memorial uh, slot. And it goes to the full game. Now, I don't know if you guys checked out this next band, but my boy BG, a wild motherfucker from Massachusetts. We we're trying to get Risk out here on the Manball Powerhouse weekend that uh, fell apart in January because of the blizzard. But Risk is one of these bands. And BG, I mean, how many times have we seen him in the last couple months? You know, like if there's a show or a weekend, it seems like BG's on the Instagram and at these fucking shows. And – we want to see bands from all over the East coast being supported. This is hardcore. So for me, it was an easy pick to put risk early on on Friday, try to give these guys some loan love and hope they pop off a little bit.
1: Yeah. I mean, yo, BG is the man, like you said, like, like that, the weekend of Polish club shows, he was there super early each day. Like, yo, can I pay you? Can I pay you? And I was like, I mean, if you really want, like you came all the way down here, but he just, he's really insisting on, like that aspect of it and just doesn't think he's entitled to shit. And, uh, you know, those kids have been grinding for a minute now. I feel like, uh, up in mass. So it, I'm glad I somehow have never seen them. So I'm glad this is gonna be the first time I get to see them. And I'm glad BG's coming down for it. And then, uh, yeah, I just think it's cool that they're actually part of it.
0: And, uh, we get to this next one, Bob, put these guys on at the first Philly hardcore, uh, barbecue show. And, uh, they had a rough start man. <laughs> a rough start to say the least. And I was like and and I'll say it cuz it was like all it was all good kids but I was like I don't know how far this man's going to get. And I don't know if it was covid or something but whatever the fuck it was over the time when they kind of we had the reboot Hesitate came back. I seen him at the at the Polish club and I was like Oh shit. All right. Hesitate. Okay. All right. I'm feeling it. Like there was a weird reboot with the band and uh since that point, man, they've been going off. And uh, I know Bob's put them on a ton of shows. Greg you guys have played with these guys, Kev used for these guys, and uh I'm I'm glad we got them on the bill.
2: And Marty Williams broke his ankle to them. So
1: <laughs> I was about to say, first first band back post COVID, hesitate. Marty eight seconds into it, fucks the shit up. <laughs>
0: sideline <laughs> <laughs> uh, love that but, dude. But yeah, just another local
2: band where, you know, they play a lot and people are starting to um to be into it. So it's it's another one that's cool that they are playing the fest. And they should. So
0: and uh this next one I haven't seen until Saturday or Friday night uh maddie from a le- a loss for words from another massachusetts band they are they just did that tour and uh maddie's been around for a long time he was uh he came to home. i should have had coffee with him the first the first thing i did getting off the plane at fya was having coffee with that guy and he's got this new band and uh they're kind of one of these like hey you know he's been around people want to see him let's see what happens so this is how the world ends up on the bill because maddie from a loss for words is on it um he has a really interesting TikTok where he basically just sings old R&B songs. It's mad weird to see somebody who looks like my Irish cousin being able to sing R&B this good, but the kid's fucking talented.
3: Yeah, maddie has got a beautiful voice. Beautiful voice.
0: He doesn't use it in this band. They're like a straight-up real hardcore band. And if anybody thinks I'm fucking around, you get go to Maddie M-A-T-T-Y-A-L-4-W. And he's usually shirtless or singing in a camera. In his car. It's very odd. But uh, I love Maddie, and I'm glad we got him on the bill. <laughs> it's a weird intro. Right? <laughs> um, funny story. Former guy who sings with this band does a show in Philadelphia with uh, Jesus Peace. I go up to him. I'm like, yo, you know, a lot of your friends are coming to our shows. You know, some of them come this hardcore. You guys should play. And he's like, nah, I don't really think we would do well. This is hardcore. And that kind of ended any thought of doing varials at Mrs. Hardcore. And uh when that guy left the bill, uh, the band, they kind of, I don't even know if they played post COVID yet, but um, we have a lot of the kids who are from the voltage Philly world. And from the, I used to call it the upside down of hardcore, but there's kids like Woobly who's in snake charmer. And he, like, you know, there's a lot of bands and kids from that world that still support Philly hardcore shows and have been showing up post-COVID. And so it was like, you know what, fuck it. Let's let's give Ariels a shot. Let's see if they got it to be at this hardcore. And out of a lot of bands that I ask, they were, you know, for the fact that they have management and booking agents, they were very quick to be like, fuck yeah, of course we want to do it. And as a promoter, I hate chasing down people who do not really give a fuck if they play or not. So at least from a local band perspective, it was good to hear that, like, even though, that they are trying to, like, get their band back up the full speed post-COVID, that they were really chill and down to just play. And that's my thoughts on it.
3: No. Yeah, I, I think bands get diluted a lot of the time, especially in that world with management and booking agents. So at least to have, you know, the band down and excited, that's, that's what it's all about, honestly.
0: Yeah, it's hard, man, because, I mean, and you know, how many times have you asked somebody – how many times have you asked somebody in, in 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 trying to get a show going, and even if they're not really from what you're expecting, uh, it, it's still cool to see them to say yes because there's a lot of people kind of like, I don't know, and so I'm hoping that the respect is given and to some of the kids who are the Voltage kids because we've had Kayanashi and we've had some of the bands, you know, they do come out, some of their people come out and support regular shows. Sometimes they should support this hardcore, so hopefully that world shows up and puts on for burials, you know? Definitely. So when, and Bob did this, this was really cool. There was a show at Philly Mocha in the coldest fucking part of the goddamn winter. And I think he made Hangman a thing again. And I've always put on for Hangman. I thought they were cool as fuck. I love the LP. Um, They've played Philly a couple times. But seeing Bob put them on the Philly Mocha, I was like so psyched to see them still do it because obviously Michael's got Pain of Truth and that thing is running wild. And when I talked to him about doing Pain of Truth, I'm like, I'll do both your bands. He's like, what do you mean both my bands? And I'm like, dude, we should do Hangman too. And I, I could see him being happy that we got Hangman on the bill. But um, I wonder what you guys think about you know the ability to have duality between Michael having this blow-up moment with Pain of Truth yet hangman still be able to fucking get the kids moving
1: dude yeah uh yeah i'm just glad you know a lot of people they get in a band like another bigger band and they kind of just forget about the band you know that made people know who they were in the first place and then uh him being down for this i think is cool and then they're like hangman's just a band they're not gonna tour probably they're not gonna do all this crazy shit but whenever they do play it's just like you know kind of just like an event every time and then you know, people love seeing them every single time, and they always sound great. And yeah, I mean, that's what I'm just glad that uh, he's still down for it, and not just like, nah, I don't really care about that shit anymore. I'm on to bigger, better things. Because I mean, Hangman's sick, so I'm glad they're not just like left in the dust. You know what I'm
2: saying? And that also, that set in February
1: was probably the best I've ever seen them play. Yeah, that was too.
2: Fucking
0: Dude, they themselves. fucking killed yeah. it. They killed it.
3: Well, it's also beyond, too, the bands he plays in. I mean, Michael's still at every show. Yeah. Like, Michael's doing something all the time. He's He's no Hollywood hardcore. He's just killing it. I got so much love for Michael.
0: His yep. hair is looking more spectacular every weekend. He's getting better and better <laughs> with it, too. And rubbing it right in my face, dude.
3: Yo, his barber, <laughs> they yo,
0: they have three you, bald fucks talking about hair, man. This is bad. I'm just saying, that man, that man's barber, that man's barber is getting paid. He had some slick hair. I was like, I saw this video. I said, Who the fuck is this man? And someone's like, That's uh pain of truth. I'm like, damn, that motherfucker's hair just got nice.
4: <laughs> now Michael's
0: my man. I'm happy that Hagman's playing. I fuck with them, and uh, hopefully the kids put on for them. That's what we always want to see is people not forget just because there's some new shit coming up. Now, speaking of that, um, I always put on for people who always help me out. Uh, we've had them on the podcast, Mike Hoods. You guys have seen Hoods a million times. I've seen Hoods a million times. Um, just like anything else when the COVID, COVID st- uh, ends, of course, bands like Hoods who are trying to get things rolling in 2018 and 19. You know, uh, they're not trying to lose any inertia. So we're going to go round two. This is the second time Hoods is playing, and I think with a smaller room, I think the room will liven up a little bit more for Hoods. But um, what do you guys think? I have very
2: vivid memories of seeing Hoods at the church in 2005 with uh, the sound guy begging Mikey to not throw water bottles and him saying, I'm very sorry, sound guy, I will never do it again. And then immediately throwing a water bottle right at the sound guy the very next song, so I uh, just for that and just those memories, I think that it's a uh, pretty cool that they are coming back, and some of the songs are still pretty awesome. So I'm excited.
1: Yeah, I mean they're always entertaining live. They fucking you know, especially around here, I think people probably gave more love than a lot of other places. So. I'm glad uh, Mikey's bringing his insane ass back here and and uh, playing another. This is hardcore.
3: Yeah, I was going to say at the at the big room too. They held their own. I mean, that mm-hmm. was night. That was 2019, and their set was great. Like hoods, hoods are still a thing, and they're going to come and show you in 2022 why they are still a thing.
0: No, I'm fucking psyched for them. Um, this one's hard for me to talk about. Uh, obviously, I said I said to you guys privately, the punishment 20 two show was in to celebrate 22 years and of the first time we played and i allowed dennis bad luck to have a lot of say in who was going to play and in that i didn't really give the show like the joe hardcore treatment with like the bells and whistles because i wanted to make the show about dennis and bad luck 13 and there was a couple things i didn't really like about the set mainly i wasn't really happy with the lack of uh Support we got from Dan, who was the drummer at the time, who was like, Hey, I'm gonna do all this shit. And there was a couple little mistakes, and it, the vibe wasn't really right with him. And I, it's been eating at me since I seen the Hey56 video. And then Damien coming to This Is Hardcore every year is something that I look forward to. Bob knows I get so excited for Damien to be there because he always he's been living like he was living in New York and all this shit. So we knew Damien would always come to This Is Hardcore, but with him in London, I didn't think he was gonna come out. And then, uh, as this, as we had hoods us you know some of these other bands that we were talking about having a bill i'm like fuck we wouldn't be able to hold our own on some of these other days but i think this night we could hold our own and um we're getting a different drummer who's gonna step up and do some shit and make make us sound a little cleaner and i just wanted to run it back because obviously like even people i had a conversation with lumpy the other day and he's like so is this it is this all you guys are gonna do and i'm like well we are playing the fest he was like fuck i'm gonna be in europe so it's kind of crazy to think that I thought the show was like a one and done. It's cool to think that people are still fucking with Punishment. And um, Mike May, who I give full credit to, literally called me and was like, yo, you know how many views the Hate 5-6 video has? I was like, no, I never looked. But uh, I'm glad people are watching that video. I know you guys like Punishment, like the guys on this podcast, so I'll let you guys talk about it.
3: Mike Good. Mig, uh, counting YouTube views is the most amazing thing of all time. I love it. <laughs> that makes it I, let's let's get this one up to fucking thirty thousand views. This is hard for twenty twenty two. This is amazing.
1: <laughs> I do like, I mean, the thing with you is there's other fests where I feel like people just try to they're like, Oh, it's my fest. So I'm gonna put this band, this band, this band, and I'm in because like me, 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 bullshit. Like, you're not like that at all. And, like, you're beyond humble with the shit that you actually want to do. And, you know, you don't just do it for some fucking people to, like, you know, kiss your ass or whatever, tell you your band's amazing. So, you know, I'm glad this is another, like, long time coming thing. And I feel like, again, the time for this is actually really good. And uh, I'm glad, you know, the, the reunion was awesome for many reasons. But, like, I feel like for years I've just been, like, passing down, like, historical like, just, like, insane stories. Like, yo, I, I swear, like, the bass player punishment was the coolest looking dude on earth. He was, like, the illest mosher or whatever. And then having people be able to actually see for their for themselves, like, just, like he looks cool as fuck still. Like, he literally does the same exact shit. And then, you know, even Damien, like, looking cool as fuck. Like, I mean, I, you know, as somebody, I was, like, a fucking straight up fanboy when I was younger. So. I'm glad, you know, the, the reunion, you know, I had high, pretty high expectations and you guys fucking crush it. So the fact that you're actually on the fest now and, the, you know, I just think, I think that's fucking awesome. So I'm glad you actually decided to do it.
0: Yo, i we're actually going to merch this time. I promise, guys. <laughs> 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 Something the punishment never did.
2: <laughs> Can you please make me a uh, punishment stencil shirt?
0: Kevin will get a one-on-one Kevin will get a Thank one-on-one um,
2: I regret not getting the last
0: one so. <laughs> so You know Queensway has been on a lot of this Hard course now You know um, In fact, like they played I'll say this, they played before Vane Or after Vane, I think, I can't remember which On the night that everyone wore Vane Hoodies, because like, Vane is so crazy They wore Vane jackets, I'm like Yo, know, Queensway fucking killed it that night. You know, like Queensway comes up here often. I mean, if nothing cemented that in your head, that fucking set of gridiron was sick. Uh, the, the show with Mindforce and you were the Knife, they were exemplary of like, fuck it, we're back kind of moment, you know, with COVID being over. So I was happy that those guys were down to do it. And I think that them playing this high up on the bill, is going to keep people awake and alive for like the last couple bands and they are probably neck and neck with some of the best Baltimore bands of all time at now as far as productivity, playing shows, being consistent. This shit's cool and Patrick's a great dude.
1: Dude, yeah, he fucking he's such an awesome frontman. Like everybody in that band is awesome to watch. They're all like, you know, really good at what they fucking do and then yeah, every set they play now is just like just absurd you know they don't they don't play like a lot so you know when they actually do play same with like you know kind of like a hangman thing like yeah just every queensway set it just just gets more ridiculous anytime i see them so i'm fucking uh i'm really psyched for that shit actually
2: and yeah i mean you mentioned that they're from baltimore and like uh i think that one of the best things about the fest is that it does a really good job of uh focusing on bands from other scenes or related scenes or whatever and and not forgetting that all these bands are around, and you know, even if they have been for a while, and and kind of doing a good job of representing it. I mean, even on this show, we have bands from Philly, Long Island, and Baltimore, et cetera. So it's it's very cool to just still have all of that represented.
3: You know, Queensway is one of the tightest four pieces playing that genre music straight up. And I will tell you this: I guarantee you, majority of that band is so excited for Thursday. I know the drummer wearing the early November t-shirt is fucking fired up. <laughs>
0: That's fucking awesome. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, what's funny is if you look at the flyer, Section hate so far up on this year's bill. And I looked at 2019 and them and Drain were on the first fucking line of the bill. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> the very bottom. But, I mean, when you have a band that comes from California <coughs> uh, and they have such a crazy impact with these giant wild fucking shows out in these crazy culverts and thousands of gang members and Cholos and punks going nuts. And the record comes out and there's a lot of stuff behind section hate, but I think, you know, the California love that hardcore has given universally. It's cool. I mean, Bob, you can speak to this. How many section hates sets did they play this week, the weekend at FYA?
1: Dude, they literally played three fucking sets and every set got progressively crazier. And, dude, as I was watching, because like, I watched every single time, and, it, yo, Mexi did not miss a single note. His voice, I don't understand how he does that show with his voice. Like, he's literally a fucking machine. And then by the time they played the Sunday when they played like, the surprise set, like, they, was, the reaction was, like, just ridiculous. And, like, he was, like, again, yeah, he doesn't miss. I, I straight up don't – I was watching him sing, and I'm not understanding how the fuck he does that. Like, doesn't take any breaths. Just, like, sounds insane. They sounded fucking awesome. Like, yeah, they just... Yeah, they put three sets in like 48 hours, and everyone just got progressively more crazy.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I was standing with Alex Vaz from L.A. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? He's like, yo, these guys play every fucking weekend. I'm like, goddamn, it shows. They fucking had it, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. seeing a band like that, just have everything down to a fucking T and not miss a single thing like all weekend it was, uh, it was fucking crazy.
0: Now... Having Marauder back, this will be the third time in 12 years that Marauder will be playing. This is hardcore. And every single time their set has just somehow gotten better than the year before. And especially, remember we had that moment where I was like, all right, fuck, I'm about to to get in the pit. This Marauder set could get really ignorant. And instead of it getting ignorant – they had one of these crazy sing-alongs that everybody was up front for singing along like almost every single song. Do you remember that? Yeah, 2018.
1: Yeah, yeah. Fucking insane.
0: And, yeah, so like having a band, uh, what right now? Sim Locker covers it, uh, Mind Force covers them. There's a couple. there's another band who covers Maroto too, isn't there?
1: I mean, there's a shit ton, I'm sure, yeah.
0: So Kind of lucked out. Jorge's, you know, jumping at the bit to come back post pandemic and play one. So, you know, with all the greats, the '90s greats, you know, I know some people will probably be like, "Fuck, I want to see Marauder with hey, Apron." It's like, listen, man, sometimes we need a band to hold it down and, and stay late and be the last band. And I think Marauder is absolutely able to hold their own. And I think a lot of people are gonna be looking forward to it. So I'm really happy that we got them to be a part of the bill and that closed out friday and the deal with friday is that show is going to be at underground arts so the only way to get a ticket for that is if you buy the three day ticket or you're lucky and you get a single ticket so probably friday is the more uh it's obviously the smaller room so we will be hard to get tickets don't sleep on getting to the show and if you're one of these guys that's going away from the weekend don't sleep on the friday you can still go out and do your thing saturday and sunday so uh all right, uh, let's start Saturday off with Reaching Out. Reaching Out has Caden Rosario. Uh, his father and his mother have been friends of mine for so fucking long. I remember when they told me they're having kids. And, I mean, this little asshole, is at how many of our shows? This These guys are playing how many shows? Reaching Out, to me, is like, like slowly becoming like a band that Is not only like oh they're a regular in New Jersey like no they're a regular every fucking show from New York City to fucking who knows where like Pennsylvania and even beyond.
3: Yeah, this is another one they show up to literally everything. They attend every show, and them playing or not playing has no merit on on them attending a show, which is amazing. And seeing them from you know my home state New Jersey and just putting on for being young kids excited and enthusiastic, it reminds me of myself growing up and just wanting to be at the shows. And if you could play the shows, that's fucking even cooler, but you always go and you always show support and you always support the new bands. And, and they just, they embody that. They are, they are hardcore.
0: Now I'm really, I'm really excited for them to be honest. Uh, You guys might not know the next band, but it's important to understand that Andy Rice, who is in so many different faculties with the fest from, him being a booking agent slash drummer of Meltdown. He was also in Shook Ones. He would later go on to be really important in staging some of these This Hardcore's because at one point he booked like 12 or 13 hardcore bands in a row. And I remember starting off This is Hardcore's being like, okay, let's see how many of Andy's bands can play This is Hardcore. And this is the kind of stuff that happens. Andy, uh, Andy Rice is in a band. He hits me up, yo. I know this is a way off thing. We'll play any show you want to give any slot. We just really want to be a part of it. And so, Hostilities, which is a band from the Pacific Northwest, Portland area, they're coming out here and they're on Bullet Tooth, which is Josh Gabriel, who used to run Trust Kill. It's on his label. And it's a band where it's like, look, you know, we are talking about a band from Pacific Northwest. But we're also talking about somebody who has helped This Is Hardcore out, has been friends of us for so long. Bob, didn't he used to book your bands?
1: Yeah, he booked, uh, I mean, he he kind of booked Let Down for like a hot minute, but uh, he booked Mom until he uh, dropped us.
0: Yeah, when he was like getting bigger and he was kind of like, sure. I don't want to blow parkour bands.
3: <laughs> and and actually he uh he booked a Mongoles tour one time with the worst band of all time, I Rise. And that was one of the most <laughs> miserable tours I ever did. So Holy <laughs> shit.
0: Yo, let me fuck you, Andy. Everybody on here loves Andy. That's a fucking yeah. around, but, yeah. All love, Yo, of. somehow somehow no one's gonna hear the drums when Andy plays. <laughs> Greg's gonna have a problem with the drum lights set. <laughs> But now I got a lot of love for Andy. Andy's been on the podcast and you know, um, yeah, I'm gonna look out for my friends who looked out for me. If you don't like it, book your own fest. Yeah, that's what it's all about.
1: 100%. Um
0: the the next band is Bob's band, off the tracks. Except for the time when Bob said, No, I don't want my band to play. Give it away and he gave it away to ugly little ass he's amazing death metal bands. <laughs> Bob Wilson has played every single one of his bands has played this is hardcore.
3: Go ahead, hey, Bob, take it talking.
0: away. I, I I just felt weird talking about my own shit. Uh <laughs> I just had to do a pussy, now you got him. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah,
1: I, that is a good point. Uh yeah, I mean Eric is just I'm sorry. The band is just Eric and Carter's, you know, baby, and they you know they asked me to sing and then uh you know all those kids support, you know, hardcore more than pretty much anybody on earth and obviously Lennon's in it too. So yeah, I wouldn't take off space if I didn't want to like actually do shit with the band and not just, you know, just be the old dipshit taking the shine for some young kids that could use it. Um, yeah. Cause I, I, like what the band does and you know, I just, I want to play more shows in the fall and all that shit. So yeah, I'm glad uh, we ended up being on it and I appreciate being asked.
2: And it's nice that, uh, no dick ride, but a, a nice, straightforward Philadelphia hardcore band with no frills or anything is playing, too, to kind of show the diversity of the scene and all that type of stuff. So it's real deal, just straightforward hardcore, which is
3: great. Straight edge hardcore to remind people that straight edge is still a thing because everyone's fucking selling out every week. So. Not in
0: Philadelphia. <laughs> Not in Philadelphia. We're still holding <laughs> it the fuck down. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. You got to start... <laughs> I know Stucky left his jacket out to be molested. <laughs> Once that touch Barrow and McHenry, I don't, I don't know if he can still. <laughs> so one of the coolest things about my friend Bob Wilson is that he not only has time to book all these amazing shows, he does the FYA. He is in band still, and he really goes to every single show in the planet. If you played a gong and a weird, one of them little uh, glockenspiel bell things, and someone's just moaning with like a yak in the background, Bob already knows the band. is. go, like, oh, yeah, I checked them out. They're kind of weird. You know, Bob goes to everything. But what happened is Bob started a record label called Rebirth Records. And I, you put out some stuff like tapes. But I, I think live it down from Ohio, not only is your best find, but I think it's the one you're going to, the release, you're going to be most serious about Is That right.
1: Yeah. They, uh, that was literally just a band that my friend Kyle Nyland posted. Cause he did the art for, and I recognized the dude's name from just talking to him and shit. So I was like, Oh, this kind of looks cool. And I checked it out. It literally blew me away. Like it's just, you know, Clevo shit is one of my favorite kinds of music ever. And then they just nailed that. And, uh, you know, I just hit them up instantly, and I was like, "Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm sure you guys have been blown up by a million people, but you know, I, I love your band. I love love to do something with you guys." And they're like down instantly, and uh, yeah, they came, brought them out here to that Hangman show, actually the Carbonite first show and all that, and they literally blew everybody away. And uh, saw them last week and the two weeks ago in Detroit, and they're fucking crushing it. And then uh, I just, yeah, I just like straight up, even if I didn't release it, obviously, like that's straight up like one of my favorite bands the last decade easily. And uh, yeah, they got an EP coming. Um, I don't know when the hell it's actually going to be out or anything like that. But yeah, I think I just, I straight up, I just think they're like incredible. And all the dudes are super appreciative for everything because they're, you know, they're, they've been in bands and other stuff. But uh, I didn't think any, I don't think they think that anybody would really have cared. You know what I mean? Just put it out just to put it out. And then, uh, so yeah, I think people, especially if they see them at this is hardcore, are going to be like, what the fuck? This is like insane. So I'm psyched for them.
0: Nah, I, I can repeat all those things. Blown away by what I heard and then that doubled seeing them live. That, that was show insane. was
2: incredible. That set was unbelievable. So it delivered more than I expected it to. So I'm really excited to see them again at uh, This is Hardcore.
0: Nah, it's gonna be something special. In fact, not to Get too weird, but off of that same show is uh, Simulacra from Delaware, featuring everyone's favorite Pit Zero and Bully Dom Pabom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Top three masher current times got to give it up. Band's awesome. S- oh, you're about to see. You're about to combat me on the, the best masher currently. I can hear you. I I, yeah. I was waiting for that. I was waiting for your whole thing to to say my piece. <laughs> <laughs> you just yeah. I mean, he fucking loves hardcore. I think uh, they got a new record coming out, and I think people are gonna be feeling it. And um, yeah, I mean, I mean, they're they're local, but not actually local, but they might as well be. And they're just yeah, they're one of the best bands going, in my opinion, in general. So seeing them on the the big stages is hardcore is gonna be sick.
0: I I threw the gauntlet out to them. I said your record's coming out you want to be a real band, start playing more shows after this. And sometimes, sometimes I I, I don't take some bands seriously and Simulacra is one of them because it's easy to be from bum-ass Delaware and all your friends are going to like them. You got 70 friends. It takes a lot more to travel and work your band up and down the East Coast, go out. And the internet makes a lot of this stuff easier and I've talked about it on the podcast. But I want bands to work. I want bands to do more. And like what you guys said, People like Dom, he's always in the pit. The songs are good, and I think they need to play everywhere they can because there's a lot of dopey shit getting love on the internet because there's not bands like Simulacra being more busy. So we're giving them the stage, the big room. Here it is. You want to be a band that everyone can watch on hey Five Six, or you want to be a band that everyone gets to see in their hometown? I hope that they take the second route, they go ahead, and they take this opportunity to get a little bit further out there they start really busting their ass because people will, really, really will like him. Top three moshers, I'll say he probably hits harder than 90% of the moshers out there right now. I think uh, his style, he needs some variations. He's getting a little tired too. He's a little husky. Got to gotta get that kid <laughs> working out. He's got nine weeks to be able to be in Mrs. In, hardcore format. But um, I truly love his energy, and I know he's an earnest kid. And I hope that this is the kind of leg up. I mean, especially with lumpy, uh, putting, put, uh, effort behind them through days. I want to see bands from our area get further along. And so hopefully Simulacra runs with it. And, uh, we're going to move on to the band of the night. End it. They killed it tonight. They killed it. At the they church. were awesome
2: tonight. Yeah. They killed was, it. A great set. It was probably the best time I've ever seen them.
0: Yeah. They're, they're, they they leveled up hard, man. And, uh, Mm-hmm. Akil again, a little bit even further down from Delaware, and it's from Baltimore. But you know he's come up to tons of shows, and you know uh, they they had that gr- you had that great show, Bob, with a bunch of these bands early on at the church in October, and they had a great set that night. And in fact, I think that they're probably one of the better pure hardcore bands going in a world of young hardcore bands who are trying to go for a gimmick they're just good man and i mean the the crowd tonight reminded me like holy fuck all right this band's gonna move some people
1: yeah that's another we were talking earlier like i want i don't know if they've really left the northeast all that much but i would love to see them like hit the west coast and and get start getting on some more shit because i feel like they could pop off a ton of other places and yeah, just anytime I've ever seen them live, Akil either makes me crack up, just says something literally fucking insane. But uh, they always sound tight. You know, the the songs are real memorable whenever you hear them. And yeah, just it's crazy. I mean, because mostly because the last two years being shut down. But I mean, this being their first set of this is hardcore. I think that's, you know, all that build-up is going to be crazy.
0: No, I couldn't agree more. All right. Well, you guys know, because I've said it, we've played them on the podcast Um, Age of Apocalypse, Jesus Christ! This is like a this is like a time to shine moment, right? Like they did great at the integrity thing. They killed it at the the same show we were talking about in October. They killed it at that Euro the Knife thing at the Um Underground Arts. But like, I'm hoping that this band takes some of that inertia and runs with it. What do you guys think?
2: I think absolutely. I mean, it wasn't like. They unfortunately weren't able to play fya earlier this year and have that big standout fest set so now this is going to be that big standout fest set and the lp came out in january and um you know pretty much everybody i know loves that record so i think at this fest it's going to be just one of the like real highlights and if you're somebody who doesn't already know them they're going to be one of the bands you're going to come around Like, afterwards, you just be like, what the fuck was that? I have no idea what I just saw, but it was unbelievable.
1: Yeah, uh, that record is unbelievable, like Kev was saying. The last few sets I've seen, like, have just getting progressively just more ridiculous. And, yeah, they they haven't had the breakout fest set. So, I I agree with Kev 100% on all that shit.
0: Well... I don't know if we lost Greg or he's just quiet, but we're going to move on. Uh, 25 fucking years is a long time. It's as long as I've been booking hardcore shows, but more importantly right now, I remember seeing Strength for Reason in October of 1997. And for PA Hardcore, we have a lot of bands that were playing shows in 1997 and killing it. But this is the only one that never stopped, no matter what. And if you don't take some understanding of what it takes to be, even if you're just playing a show or two a year, just to not throw in the towel, not to just give up or make the grandiose. You know I mean? This band obviously lived before the internet where like the announcement of breaking up came in. But Strength for a Reason is a standard bearer for PA Hardcore. It's during the time of Big Call's birthday, and there's no way that we could go ahead and do this Hardcore in 2022 and not have a strength set. I mean, they're you know, the Godfathers. Yeah, just straight up. Yeah, they're like. Whenever I try to tell people from
1: out of state or they are not around here, I'm like, you also, yeah, they're they're just Pennsylvania's mad ball to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like when I first started coming around, they played like every show, and, and I just thought they were like the most. I I've loved them literally my entire time in hardcore. I think, and I, I think more kids. You know, obviously, bands that have been around have like peaks and valleys and shit. And I think now is like the greatest amount of like younger kids that actually are enthusiastic about it. And like, you know, you got the people who always row for them. So yeah, I'm, I'm actually really excited to see this set in a year uh, that's currently happening. Cause I feel like it has potential to be really fucking good.
2: Yeah. And, and, it and it's, it's awesome.
0: Bar. I'll
3: go ahead. No, I think strength for a reason sets the bar just for, for hardcore in general. Like they're, they never overreach to be something silly or no. have some shtick that, that just, is ridiculous. Like they just were a hardcore band and Carl sings about the things he, he is about. And you know, one of those things, of course, is straight edge and, and I don't know. I, I just, there's not many bands that have, have ran that path for as long as they have. And, and just, we're okay with being a hardcore band because everyone else gets delusions of grandeur and they want to do some fucking stupid shit that ends up burning them out. But strange for Reason just stayed the course and it's going to be a fucking epic set.
1: Yeah. Actually, yeah, I sure don't know that's, band I respect more than strength for a reason for all those Yeah, roles. that's what I was
2: going to say where I think that like you basically know what you're going to get every time with them and I mean that in the best way possible like it's going to be good they're going to play all of their hits the vibe is going to be right the I think I've seen them twice since the pandemic came back and especially that Still Won't Break Set was like one of the best times I've seen them it was like nothing had ever stopped nothing had ever changed and it was awesome. It was just kind of like, you know, the home cooking type of hardcore set where it just exactly hits the right notes. So uh, I don't. I think it's been a little while since they played. I can't completely remember. So I think it's perfect that they're uh, on the first one back.
0: Now, me and Bob and Kevin got to see these guys Friday night, but um, I've been friends with these guys forever. Never thought that we would – I always said if you guys ever wanted to, they could play, but to have Powerhouse from the Bay Area play This Is Hardcore has always been something I'd hoped for just because of how much I love the band. And uh, just that little warm-up set at Phoenixville just got me excited because I think the proper group of kids around, the proper moment – I think people can finally get behind what this fucking band's about. And I hope that at this hardcore, the kids, the old friends, everybody pulls in and powerhouse gets some fucking love because they're probably not just one of my favorite bands. But when we talk about all this stuff about true, real hardcore bands, bands that didn't deviate or try to get into a different uh, scope or like, Oh, let's try this. Maybe it'll make us better. They've always been who they are. And, in the time between when they stopped playing, uh, Ernie Powerhouse obviously passed away, uh, Ernie Cortez, but Chris just became the Powerhouse DIY promoter in the Bay Area and never, never left Hardcore. He's not one of these guys that was like, oh, the band's over, cool, I guess I'm done playing. Walter Ryan, who's been in everything from DRI, Machine Head, uh, Manball, Lords of Brooklyn, um, it's insane his his entire discography, but like Walter never stopped playing Abe, who was also in Low Life. Uh, Casey's been in a million man's. Casey's played this hardcore to two other bands before. I mean, it, it's incredible what this band is now, and obviously Eddie Medina holding it down. Fuck wild ass maniac. I'm just so happy for my friends to play the fest this year.
1: That's so what we were talking about the other night after the show, like because they played a bunch of new songs and it, it was so seamlessly fitting into the set which is speaks a lot to them as a band I feel like like they know what they want to sound like they don't pull some weird just nonsense like the, the songs were just just as good as you know the the older shit and it didn't like stick out or anything like that and then I mean yo Chris hit a jump the dude's like in his 50s he did a jump I would not be able to do if I had like cortisone shots in like both my legs or whatever <laughs> like I was like dude what the fuck like they sounded awesome like he's a Awesome front man. And that's like a band I just never thought I'd be able to see, period. So yeah, a bunch of kids being able to see him, but this is hardcore and maybe going back to the records and checking them out and all that shit. Like I think yeah, it's cool that you have them on and I'm, I think uh I think that should actually be
0: good.
3: Was Chris born in New Jersey? That's yeah, it's in the
0: water. If you would if you would have have listened to this episode, (laughs) that's where the
1: information came from. (laughs) Great episode, by the way.
0: And, yeah, go back and check out the Chris Powerhouse episode. Check Powerhouse out; they just killed it in Pennsylvania and then New Jersey and Rhode Island, and they'll be back. They've got a record; it's called Renegades. You can pre-order it now, and they have just leveled up. and I can't wait for people to check it out. Now, here it is. Uh, you want to talk about in an era where Pennsylvania hardcore is finally getting its due? Not only are they returning to the Fest since they hadn't played the Fest since 2014, they chose and said, fuck this. We're playing this set as Mushmouth. And I'm going to tell you that there's no way I'm not in the pit for the whole set. I'm so fucking psyched for not only did We're going to hold you to that. Guaranteed, I'm going to kick you right across your goddamn mouth. (laughs) I'm literally going to kick your soul out of your goddamn body like something out of fucking Doctor Strange. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm not
2: holding you to that part.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's done is done. Kev. You can't go back. You can't go back on that.
0: But yeah. (laughs) Mush mouth. Mush mouth.
1: Yeah. They, they fucking, I feel like me, you know, pretty much everybody in here has been just yelling about Greg's honorary PR Hardcore. I don't fucking care. Obviously like everybody in here has been just yelling about PR Hardcore for their whole fucking lives. Basically. So whenever people finally are like, oh damn, this mushmouth band is actually six, like, yeah, no shit, dude. We've been trying to say it for over 20 years now. So I'm glad that, you know, people caught on or they had, you know, like another resurgence, or whatever, whatever the fuck works. Like I feel like again, same with like strength and other shit, the the timing for a mushmouth set is couldn't be more perfect. And I feel like it's yeah, like 100%. like, it, like everything. You know, going together to make it as good as humanly possible.
3: Mushmouth shirts selling for five hundred dollars right now. That's a hundred percent accurate. Yeah, this, now is the time for them. One hundred percent.
0: Five hundred.
3: I don't mouth.
4: think Jeff. I don't
0: think Mushmouth ever got paid five hundred dollars for any show. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, the, repre- uh, represent for Mushmouth at that set now. I got to tell you guys who don't understand, there's a strategy here. We had a bunch of the Young Turks on the way up. We had some young bands that are stepping up. The Simulacras, the Endits, the Age of Apocalypse. And then we gave some respect for bands who've been holding it down for 25 years. And then I said to these guys, Bob and Greg, I'm like, I got to split this up. I got to get these Young Turks who are out there fucking killing it. A chance to go head to head with each other. Because if I would have done it, something like a pain of truth and then a strength and like, if I would have chopped it up, some of these young kids may or may not have even paid attention to some of these awesome old guard bands that we're talking about. So in a, in a weekend of wild bills, this Saturday is set up specifically in blocks. So you get a little bit of this, then you get a little bit of that, you know, like this is a a tasting menu of all this shit. And I'm going to tell you, I'm willing to start bets on who gets the fucking the, the top set between these three. But uh first up, sweet, beautiful haired Michael and no hair Nick and the boys of pain of truth, man. This is gonna be wild.
2: I mean, they're the band of the post pandemic, right? Like they gotta be. It's it's these actually motherfuckers crazy for their how first show in October. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> their first they the first was show was in October. The first show in was in October. It was absolutely insane. And then after that, it just feels like every time I've seen them has been crazier since then. The Fya set was one of the greatest sets that I've ever seen in my life. And just everything else has been insane. So, I mean, this set easily might be the set of the weekend of anybody.
1: Yeah, they, uh, without sounding corny, they're the closest thing to like 07, 08, TY vibes, as has, you know, in the last 13 or 14 years to me. And just the energy with their sets is just like just fucking ridiculous. Then yeah, what what Kev said, just it's just like any time I watch them, it's just people just fucking losing their shit. So definitely could be the craziest set of the weekend.
3: Yeah, they're one of the top bands right now for a reason. I mean, they they play it like they mean it, and they mean it like they play it. And it's just yeah, they're I I think that's going to be one of the sets of the day.
0: I think with the Terror Tour they're about to go on. That they are going to go ahead and have a whole nother level because you're not just going to have the kids who knew about them because of the internet, but they're going to have a whole US tour, a full US tour on their belt. And it's going to be hard for people to follow. And that's why the only people I can think to follow is a fucking never ending game because without that big tour, you know, shit, uh, Bob, you know, you've seen it at your shit. We've seen it at these Triple B shows, seen it at the church. There's something different about never ending game.
1: Yeah, they uh I mean it's again, that's another band. It's awesome that this is gonna be their first time at the fest. And uh yeah, they just any time I've ever seen them, I think, has just been fucking ridiculous. And I think uh they got new shit coming maybe or something, but I mean, you know, it's just especially yeah, the FYA set, insane. The Philly the last time they played Philly it was just made no sense with how crazy it was. So yeah, I'm just them on them and painted truth back to back might be just like I don't I can't even it's fucking ridiculous that they're doing it back to back. So
3: yeah, it's gonna be uh yeah, and uh, like halo and wings that seven inch I did last year that's probably one of my favorite records from last year. Yep, it's uh they they didn't follow the same formula they did the LP they kind of changed it up a little bit and it's it's fucking awesome.
2: Yeah, That's- And the LP is one of the best records of the past five years. And they haven't brought it yep. to this hardcore yet. So yeah. it's due and it's it's going to be awesome.
0: So who better to follow both these bands than the other fucking wild card of the year, fucking Drain?
3: I'm bringing some board shorts for my boy Bob Wilson. He's going to be on the, the tube
0: crowd surfing <laughs> to the back and front
3: With a snorkel. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: No boogie boards. It scarred my face uh, as a youngin, so that's not coming right near me. But, uh, yeah, I mean, dude, they are – as somebody who, who actually hates fun and, like, doesn't really like uh, enjoying himself ever, I love watching him. I think Sammy, if I didn't know that was actually how he was, I'd be like, dude, what the fuck is going on? But he just is that dude 24 hours a fucking day. And somebody that sincere and that awesome, like, is just, like, crazy to me. And he's, I love him as a frontman. He's, he's like, I would literally watch that band every day if I could. And, uh, again, yeah, it's like the, the vibe of their sets is just like, it's just ridiculous. I feel like it's going to be very, uh, like Bane Pizza Party-esque vibes at the fest. And, uh, yeah, I think it's just going to be fucking ridiculous.
2: Yeah. yeah I feel for, like he's for... like the, uh, current Vogel. Like if you're a younger kid and you're going to a show and you're just seeing him and interacting with him, it's like, well, this guy is just like me, and he's getting me to participate, and it's just really cool to be a part of this.
1: Yeah, his vibe is just unmatched.
2: And they have the
3: old Bridge Nine board royalty, signed to the Grimes on
1: bass, right? <laughs> is that? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, for, it took me for a second. I was like, I don't think so, but yeah. yeah you're if, right. you,
3: if you were on the Bridge Nine board in two thousand seven, you definitely got to dab him up. He was one of the <laughs> one of the OG, straight up.
2: I may have been on it. <laughs>
0: I was I've on heard. it, but I'm not a dork enough to know the dude's sign on
3: <laughs> I keep notes. Don't worry about it.
0: That's apparent. <laughs> he says that, but he was
1: uh, – don't make me bring up the pants from earlier, Joe. We, you had a startling real, realization when he got to the show. <laughs> Joe was rocking the, the tearaway twos at the fucking gig.
2: The Marty Williams zip pants.
1: Yeah, him already had the Spider-Man meme when he fucking walked in the building. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is all facts. I can't defend myself. <laughs> Fuck, I can't the fucking defend myself. Um, <laughs> so th- it's only through social media that I learned. But I I had, I obviously pa- – Punishment toured with Powerhouse in 2002. Then Punishment toured with Ringworm in 2003. At the time, Ringworm had Frank Three Guns, who is obviously the now very long guitar player for Hatebreed. And we're in a position where the next couple bands are all tied in friends through the years. So how the fuck can I not do Ringworm? And not only is Ringworm playing, as I said about social media, but they mentioned that they're going to be doing a throwback set and especially tying in with Live It Down, in a in an era where so many kids are obsessed with goofball shit that doesn't have anything to do with hardcore having ringworm on the bill and then having ringworm playing throwaway shit like the old shit oh my god i'm so fucking psyched
2: i am so excited for this like it's been a while since ringworm have played it's been a while since i've seen them um, they've had some of my favorite this is hardcore sets like the first time they played this is hardcore at 2007 it was like it was one of the one of my favorite this is hardcore sets ever and they've had a lot of other good ones since. So I'm really excited for it. I feel like it's a band that maybe some younger kids maybe haven't checked out or don't know as much. But I think Birth Birth is Pain especially is like right up the alley of what people are really into these days. So if you're listening to this and you haven't heard that record yet, go learn it and then mosh incredibly hard at this set to it. Because um, they're one of my favorites of all time and they're – it's going to be – it's one of my top uh one of the top sets that I'm most excited for at this this year.
1: Yeah, I mean if you don't like ringworm you're a bitch ass motherfucker. It's all there is to it. So if you haven't heard that record, you're also a bitch ass motherfucker. So go listen to it.
3: Yeah, that them opting to do the throwback set is it's going to be you know, it, I know earlier we were talking about Don Bomb and his mosh moves. They're going to be in full effect during that ringworm set 100%. So get your uh, camcorder ready.
1: Yeah, he's gonna be kicking Joe in the temple, fucking him up in the pit. Yeah, that man hasn't lifted his foot. Hard.
0: Dom hasn't lifted his uh, foot above his shoulder in a little bit. I'm not worried about him. <laughs> now, there's a lot of links here between Wisdom and Chains and every single band, bottom and uh, up. Like, this is a band that's held it down. Only in 2012 did they not play this as hardcore. They've become the standard in Pennsylvania. And obviously members are also in Mushmouth. members were in crutch. And this is something that pulling a bill together as we incrementally turn the heat up, this is a part of, this is hardcore history. This is a part of the history of all the bands up and down. Um, there's no way wisdom was going to play this bill. And this is the perfect spot for them.
1: Yeah. I mean, if strength is PA's mad Balls. Like wisdom is PA sick of it all. You know what I mean? Like they're just. I feel bad anytime somebody has to play after them in Pennsylvania, like especially at the fests, and it's just a, such a staple at this point. And you know they're just, if you are from Pennsylvania and you don't fuck with that, you just don't really understand PA shit. I think, and uh they're—I mean—they're I mean, they're like literally the kings. So I am glad they pulled it together and are able to play this year.
3: Yeah, especially because they're not playing a ton right now. Yep. I mean, they're playing, what, three shows this year, and there's one of them It's going to be, yeah, the, the, again, this is 100% a staple of the fest. And w- whether you know him, don't know him, you got to watch him. And Richie, of course, is one of the godfathers of Pennsylvania hardcore. Richie Crutch, straight edge. So it's going to be epic.
0: Now, you guys know there isn't a there isn't a way that we can't talk about it without, like, understanding hey, Breed, Madball, Fury Five, Killing Time, All At War, Wisdom and Chains, Ringworm, even add Mushmouth to that. If Hate went and played in California, they played with Powerhouse. You know, um it's important with the opportunity to have Hate that the kids who love a hate breed see a hey breed with the best of the best bands that we were putting together. So I don't know how I I've probably seen Hate Breed and All Out War early on more than almost all the other connections, but all or had to be on this bill. No, we had Hatebreed. And the minute I told Mike Score, he's like, Really? You have all that? Because all four. <laughs> Mike was like busy and he was like the last one to say yes to of all the bands. And he was like, Wow, that's like he was actually like, wow, it's gonna be fucking cool. And not like <laughs> a, just from the band point of view. All these guys are friends. Like Rainware Wisdom, you know, they're all friends. So to these guys, they're also like, fuck it, yeah, we're gonna hang out with all of our friends. So that's my position on that.
1: I mean, dude, that that last five specifically, like you look at it, and it's the first time you sent it to me. I just started like cracking up because this is fucking insane, man. And uh, I do like, you know, All War obviously got their name from Jamie Davis Zine. Call it All War, named after the Killing Time shit with All War, and so then back to back, I think it's just a a cool thing. But I mean, All War is obviously unbelievable, and yeah, they really haven't played much since since shit started back up, and. You know they're they're set to the fest are always just like ridiculous though. So. Fucking pumped for that.
0: Now I'm gonna tell you something else that's crazy. Killing Time has a connection to Wisdom and Chains. The lyrics are from. Oh yeah, shit. There so you have it. the All Out War connection, and yes, <laughs> Jamie Davis named All Out War, and uh, that came from a uh, Roll Deal Killing Time song. Wisdom came from a Killing Time song. Yeah. And Carl Bacaro, who is the youngest old guy in hardcore, the coolest motherfucker there is, you know, breaks down killing time, just the coolest motherfucker. He's like, Hey, breed God, I love the fucking play with Hey, breed. <laughs> also on top of it, you know, Matt Henderson early on and who am Freddie. They will tell you that the man ball formula is a direct correlation to killing time. And so even though, you know, they're the most old school band on the bill for saturday they're tied into to every single band on this fucking bill even to the point where i asked fury and they're like fuck killing time too like they're like, goddamn <laughs> like it's cool as fuck when you get awesome cool hard-ass bands that all play together in the 90s and they're psyched that they're playing with killing time so i'm fucking and obviously this is one of my favorite bands of all time so needless to say i'm fucking psyched fellas
1: I mean, Killing Time's so good. People that like the worst, awful, monstrosity, like metalcore bullshit on earth, like it's like oh, like one hardcore band, like is like Killing Time. Like they're so universally loved. Like if you don't like them, I, I really don't know what the hell your problem is. So
2: yeah. In the last, the last Killing Time I saw, uh, Killing, Killing Time set I saw, Joe and I were arm in arm moshing in Florida, and now we finally get to do it again at this hardcore. So <laughs> I'm very excited to see them because it's been a little while.
1: Sadly, you'll be dead by this time, but Joe will carry on in your memory.
2: What if I (laughs) kill
0: Joe during (laughs)
1: killing him?
0: Legally, you you shouldn't premeditate that. (laughs) I,
2: I didn't say I would. I said, what if? (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'm just, I'm just warning you. You want to, you want to state that testimony. so illegally, you at least get, you get, you get accidental murder.
1: <laughs>
3: yes, Matt
0: Carl, you shouldn't say that on a podcast. <laughs> God
3: damn it, Matt Carl, chill.
0: <laughs> now, I don't need to tell you because we did it. What we do in 2014 when Jim was trying to go ahead and keep Fury of Five alive, and to see that Fury of Five in the in the its current most current state brought back chico mike and jay it, it's incredible and then i mean i could speak directly mike who played shows with Shattered realm is possibly the only person that could fill in and do what fury of five needs them and i was so excited when they announced because I knew that they were going to sell that venue out and then they'd have a chance to play this hardcore. Cause so I'm like, no, they're definitely selling that venue out. So it's not going to be like, Oh, I don't know. We got to make sure our own reunion. Like I knew the reunion show was gonna be a killer. And I'm just so excited that they're a part of this fucking show.
3: Yeah. I mean, like this is a huge one for me. Fury of five, especially in like 2001, 2002, this was what, you know, I was shown with E-Town Concrete and kind of like, what shaped me. I cared way more about Fury and E-Town than I did about the older New York stuff for, you know, I guess my entry level years. And then later you kind of go back and you learn to better appreciate side by side and a lot in the crowd. But I mean, Fury of Five and their entire story and just, honestly, just stick man in general and kind of how he rocked was just, is legendary. And and I agree, Mike is an incredible drummer and a, a great kid. So it's awesome to see him playing for Fury, just like it was awesome to see him playing for Realm at one point.
1: Yeah, they, so, uh, I missed the 2014 set, which is miserable, so I'm excited to see them at This Is Hardcore, finally.
2: Yeah, 2014 was awesome, so I'm very excited to see them again.
0: Now, this is going to be something special. And, uh, again, you know, Manball led the way. They played the Thompson Square Park show. They were the first band to come and play Pennsylvania headlining. And... Like I said earlier, I've seen hate breed and Madball a shit ton of times. I've seen Hatebreed and Inferior 5 a few times. I've seen hate Madball in Inferior 5. I've seen Hatebreed Madball in All at War. I've seen a bunch of this, but I'm telling you, in 2022, the energy for Madball into hate breed is going to be fucking something else. And I'm just elated that we're having this, Bill. Yeah, the combo is... Yeah, great. it's
2: Madball. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> What else can you say? Stigma got them tattooed on his head.
0: <laughs> Dude, Stigma's a real one, man. That's wild.
3: Stigma really is a real one. That is a fucking incredible, incredible tattoo. <laughs> I might get my first tattoo now and just just mimic what Stigma did.
1: Same exact thing. <laughs> you should just get the Madball logo on like the top of your skull. That'd be hard.
3: Dude, just that, though. No other tattoos.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. What else would you need at that point?
3: But Joe would have to do it. I remember Joe saying to me at one point, that if you look at somebody and they only have clean tattoos, they're a fucking poser, because having shitty tattoos is what makes it hardcore punk. So if it's just <laughs> a good, nice tattoo, they're a fucking loser.
0: Yeah, man, really? look at Jay Pepito. Dude's got, like, perfect tattoos. Perfect tattoos sketch me out. Uh, so, here we go. We talked about it several times, brought him up a million times, but Hey, is an anomaly factor because... Almost everything that I believe in when it comes to, you know, like there's so much of, like, you know, every aspect of what Greg does, music, and what Jamie did with music. Greg, you can see, you know, you went from being a touring band to a manager of people. Jamie's done that. Jamie's put out records. Jamie's put on shows. Jamie's did his own touring festival. And I think that a lot of other people would have turned Hate Breathe In and be like, I don't know, man, like, blah, blah, blah. I mean, he was even the second Ricky Rackman. But I said this in another podcast where Haybreed is a culmination of different guys now. You got Matt Burns who obviously played it all at war and then got drafted up to the main leagues to be in Haybreed. They had Frank Three Guns who went from – I remember being with him when he told me in the Ringworm Tour that he was getting asked to be in Terror. And then I remember when Vogel told me he was leaving Terror to be in Haybreed. I mean, Haybreed in itself is another kind of like – terror style Avengers built up band where it's like the best of the best joint hate breed. They're doing 20 years of perseverance, but there's no way they're not going to throw some old favorites out there. And I'll leave it to you guys to talk more, but this is like a culmination white whale moment for me for this is hardcore.
2: I mean, yeah, I remember rumors the first year that they were playing and it's never happened since. And then there's been different things that, you know, almost happens and but it never did so finally the first uh first this is hardcore in a few years they're here and uh, i honestly when you called and told me that you got them i don't even think i had anything to say i was just like all right finally it's about time but it's it's going to be like a legendary this hardcore set it finally is happening
3: yeah, and perseverance is a super important record for kids. I would say maybe a, like my age or a little bit younger. Like that that record brought so many kids into hardcore.
1: Yeah, yeah I
0: remember them shows? Yeah. Them, them shows. Think about that Birchill show. Bob, did you go to the Electric Factory show? What the fucking uh, perseverance one? Works.
1: I went to the Stillborn Fest; they played around that time. But I don't know if that's specifically for Perseverance. I saw them a shit ton between 2001 and 2003, so I'm sure I was at one of them. Dude,
0: they were killers. <clears throat> killers. I mean, yeah,
1: Hatebreed at This Is Hardcore is like that's like the perfect match. You know what I mean? Like, again, it's it's like just crazy. It's taking this long, but like, what the fuck ever? You know what I mean? Like, it's just it's just gonna make the set so much more ridiculous.
0: Yeah. So, Sunday, we're rolling in. We're rolling we're rolling steady. And uh we got foreign hands from Delaware. Talk about it.
1: They uh they just put out a new record and the record I think D's put it out. And usually, yeah. you know, like I feel like Sunday is kind of like, ah, oh, maybe I'll take my time getting there or whatever. But like that's a band that you should absolutely get there on time for. They fucking they nail a lot. That's the stuff is there's such like a, a thin line between doing what they do awesome and just like falling off a cliff and they do it the exact perfect way. And yeah, I, f- I fucking love that new record. And uh, I think, you know, if people, if they haven't heard it already and they're into that shit, you know, that's like the perfect, you know, 2022 version of, you know, whatever they liked in 2001, 2002, whatever. So uh, yeah, I mean, them being on it is I think uh, a really good way to start off the Sunday.
0: I'm really happy that you stuffed your guns and kept really proud of me. Make sure you don't forget them. Make sure you don't forget them, because I know that kid comes to shows. I know even when his friends' bands are playing, he pays, and that means a lot. And this is another thing about Delaware. You know, they are south of us, but you know these kids come out and support. And especially when a local bands on a new, has a new record, it's important to support them. So I'm excited that we have them as the first Sunday band.
2: Yeah, and they've been grinding at this band for like a really long time. They've been a band for like six or seven years. So they finally have kind of gotten the formula and nailed what they wanted to do. So it's cool that they're playing this. Shout out to my guy Gil from Foreign Hands.
3: Yeah, that LP they just put out is incredible on days. And yeah, I think this is set your alarms and be there on time because Foreign Hands opening Sunday is pretty fucking ridiculous, honestly.
0: Now, Struck Nerve, Bob's Landlord. The most, the Mr. Glass of Philadelphia hardcore. The um, zip
2: pan extraordinaire. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Struck nerve. The Philadelphia representative for the greatest hardcore record label in the world, Young Blood Records, who not only did he, he was the first person to reach out to, for a table in 2006, but he was the first person in 2022 to be like, yo. I really want to make sure I have a table at the fest. Sean has been supporting this hardcore since day one. It's my man, another fucking dude that just never changed. Coolest guy. Um, I wear a ton of his merch. I love the Plug gear. And I like Marty. I think he has an embodiment of being an odd duck at times, but dude loves hardcore. Dude's still straight edge. And if nothing else, he definitely doesn't waver in how he feels about shit. And I love that he's going to be up on the, this hardcore stage with struck nerve and young Zach is still in the band or they get rid of him yet?
1: Nah, they got Andrew. They got young Andrew now.
0: Ah, yeah. We like young Andrew. He's great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they, uh, yeah. I mean, yo, struck nerve is fighting the biggest uphill battle in hardcore currently. Like, you know, people are like, oh, I just want like a classic sounding straight edge hardcore band. They fucking don't exist. They're either just insanely like heavy, like my shit or like. Like, whatever the fuck else, like playing the kind of straight edge hardcore that they play is such like it just doesn't exist anymore. So they're like literally flying the flag single handedly, them and like you know, maybe like Last Straw and a couple others. But they like, uh, I mean, Marty literally taught himself to play guitar because he wanted to start being a band like this and nobody else, you know, either wanted to or had the time or whatever. So he's like, fuck it, I'm just going to teach him myself. It's like, I like i he talk about shit you want you to fuck around with him whatever but like i respect that like a shit ton and uh he literally busts his ass you know trying to make shit happen with them like works hard on the songs actually cares about what the fuck he's saying you know says what he means and means what he says and uh, i'm not gonna ball wash him you know too hard because he charges me rent every month but like he in, uh trying yeah,
3: to get I'm a discount quiet. this month
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> you hear that marty no but uh Yeah, I'm just, I'm glad, I'm glad they're a band, and I'm glad that, I mean, Marty is one of the best, I feel feel like I'm literally just saying this to kiss his ass now, but like, he is a performer, you know what I mean? I mean that in like the true sense of the word, like, you want to watch him anytime he plays, and he puts everything into every time they fucking play, and like, yeah, just in general, like, he's always going off for bands, he literally trains all the time, I feel like, just so he can do crazy dives, and, you know, end up hurting himself, but fucking, uh, yeah, I don't know. And again, yeah, like in Young Andrew, he uh, from Delaware. He cares about a hardcore. He's always at every fucking show. He is uh, the modern day Stevie Ray Vaughan on guitar. He smokes the uh, <laughs> the other guy. And uh, yeah, they're just they're sick, and I'm glad they're fucking
0: playing. Now, this next band is on tour with Comeback Kid and Misery Signals. The singer is in a band called Counterparts. The guitar player is Jay Pepito, who was in Reign Supreme. They play, Actually, I was looking back in the, in the archives. Pepito has played, I think, like three times with Blacklisted, and four or three times with um, Reign Supreme. Rain Supreme.
1: Yeah.
0: And I didn't know if Pepito filled in for another band, but I thought he almost filled in for another band one time. But uh, I vaguely
1: remember him going, I can't remember what the fuck band was there.
0: But I think he filled in one time, but... Uh, Besides him having too much of a perfect tattoos, uh, he's obviously an old guard of the old This Is Hardcore and a local dude. We have, um, I guess the guy Will Putney, she writes songs, but I actually don't even know if he tours, but ends on tour, we'll come back here to Misery Signals. Their entire tour was set to be this weekend, and then just because we built the entire fest around whatever weekend Hatebreed needs us to have it, they ended up on the bill, and that's how they ended up on the bill. So check them out. Come early combust. This is a band that if you wanted to talk about, if there was a band that said, we want people to listen to classic New York hardcore combust is 100% that. And Andrew Vacante, despite his bizarre obsession with polo gear and his perfect chin strap and all that shit, the kid comes and shows down here. He goes to shows all over. And, um, with the record being out, it was time the Combust plays the fest. I'll let you guys take it away.
1: Yeah, I mean, yo, those kids, like, I remember, like, there's, like, a wild side show I did a couple years ago, and it was on, like, a fucking Monday night or something that. and they rolled, like, super deep to that show. I think it was what? Maybe it was a big cheese one, whatever the fuck. Um, but, yeah, they, they came all the way down to Philly for it. You know, they're always down to travel for hardcore shows. We uh, we played with them last Sunday in Wilkes-Barre, and there's – you know, they played a bunch of the new shit, and it was fucking, you know, he's a really good front man, and they sounded awesome, and the new song sounded great live. And then, uh yeah, I mean, they they should be on a hardcore fest, so I'm glad this is hardcore is the one that has them. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, them playing early is a good way to get people people out early and all that. So, yeah, I'm glad they're on the fest this year.
3: Yeah, I, I actually just got my record in the mail today, so I'm excited to listen to it. I think uh, I think Andrew is the most proud person I've ever met to be from Staten Island, New York, and he'll <laughs> fucking wear it to the grave. So I'm super excited to see them too.
0: Now, rolling into this next band, there's a lot of characters in this band. You know, there's a lot of Philly dudes and dudes who became Philly dudes. My favorite being Wire Overholster, and then it goes down from that from the Triangle. So Mikey Walsh and then my boy Bert, who's the biggest Dare fan of all time. But um <laughs> Chemical Fix, they play places like Texas and Oklahoma and California and put on for Philadelphia. And they moved their entire tour to be a part of this, this is hardcore. Just they were like, hey, if you're gonna put us on there, we won't do the tour till later. And that always speaks volumes to me. And um Again, when we talk about hardcore that doesn't get capped up enough or people that talk shit and say, I just really like straight down the middle, like classic real hardcore, you're a fucking tool if you don't support Chemical Fix because them dudes not only play in basements and goofball-ass places, but they 100% will play anywhere you fucking book them. And they have no egos except for Mikey because he thinks he's the shit. And uh, (laughs) I'm happy we have them on the bill.
1: Yeah, that's like. Yeah.
2: I was just going to say, you talk about playing anywhere. One of the highlights post COVID was their show, their record release show that was on an abandoned pier behind a a Walmart in South Philadelphia. And it was insane with fireworks and just people going crazy, literally on a pier. And like I said, it was one of the most memorable shows recently.
1: Yeah, it's a, I mean, they're just very, like, if it was 2001 in Philadelphia, their sets would be fucking 500 kids at the church, like, freaking out, and, uh, yeah, I mean, the style of the hardcore they play is, you know, one of my favorites, they, Bren's an awesome front man, Mikey does insane shit when they play, like, yeah, they're just, I'm, I'm glad they're getting more and more recognition all the time, because the record's fucking sick, and, you know, people are starting to check them out more, and, uh. Yeah, I mean, all them kids like I've, I've known Mikey and Bren probably since they're like you know middle schoolers at this Bert. point, yeah, my boy Bert. Uh, but uh, yeah, like I've known him probably like 15 16 years at this point, and then uh, so I'm glad they're all their work is kind of like paying off. And uh, it's cool to see you why know, it's like a really big Ben Affleck fan, and um, he just he really loves Ben Affleck. So I just want if you know one thing about why I just want you to know that he just He just loves Ben Affleck and he just
0: wants to Be sure to ask him about it on Sunday. Yeah,
1: definitely hit him up about Ben Affleck whenever you want.
0: (laughs) Now, you know, I always say this about your fest, and you heard me say it on a podcast, but you build bands. You make bands out of these crazy places and people just go to crazy over them. And there's no seed of pain in my mind if Bob Wilson didn't put his stamp on them. And you were one of them people like, look, I'm not saying you have to, I'm saying this is a year where they're going to crush it. And I actually totally agree for as goofy and weird as that singer looks, I think seed's going to have one of the crazy, uh, early sets of the fest.
2: Kev. Oh yeah. uh... Seed is like truly one of my favorite current bands. One of my favorite bands the past five years. Um, every time I see them is awesome. Every time I see them, like, it really brings, it makes me feel like, you know, seeing some of my other favorite bands, like something like Blacklist or something like, that's how much I look forward to seeing them and how excited it is when I see them. And so uh, they played the pre-show, The Last is Hardcore, and now they're they're playing the Real Fest. And like, as far as the newer bands go, I don't know if there's any more that I just personally am more excited for, for the Fest. Um, They just played the From Within show uh, in March, and they had... I think, like, everybody pretty much agreed that the Seed set was the best set of the day. And the, it was – and, like, everything else was awesome. It was just that the Seed set was just unbelievable. So, I – It had
3: that special energy.
2: Yeah, you it had, had a real a, special energy. Feeling in the air. know, yeah, that Seed set yep. was fucking crazy. And, and yeah. I think that a, a testament to that, too, was, like, the set was building as it went on. Like, it started and it was good. But I think that as people saw it and just – Everybody else just kept feeding off each other, and I'm sure there were people that hadn't seen them before that by the end of the set were just also going crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I kind of go back and forth on what my favorite band Lennon's ever done is, and I feel like at this point it has to be seen. Just, yeah, the the energy live, I mean, fucking Kevin's in a ridiculous front man, and uh, him starting off the set with, all right, enough of that emo bullshit was just made me fucking (laughs) incredibly psyched. And then, uh, yeah, I, just, I love that band. So I, I think, uh, you know, people are really going to be freaking out when they see them on this shit.
0: I almost don't want to talk about MH Chaos because I said so much of this podcast talking about MH Chaos. But, you know, from FYA 2020, when we didn't know that there would be a life changing moment where we would all be forced to not do shit like this is hardcore. I MH chaos was one of these bands I was excited for. We got to do the record and we got to push them on the podcast as an early intro song. And I think for me, culminating with them finally playing, this is hardcore after this. I don't think I'm ever going to talk to little ass on shit ever again. No, I'm kidding. I love that kid. This is a cool band from Chicago. Bob Wilson did the impossible and somehow convinced these guys to come from Chicago to Florida and cause then you guys might think that's not a big deal. If you knew MH chaos, you knew how crazy the idea of them dudes going from Chicago, just to Florida, just to hang out and everything changed because of FYA and me meeting them. I'm psyched for them. I'm psyched for this set.
3: Yeah. It's going to be a good one. I think uh, those guys really care about what they're doing. They put a lot of heart into what they're doing and they, they, they put on for their fucking scene, man. They love Chicago and it's, It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be nice seeing Anshit able to be up there and talk about Chicago because I I know he lives for that shit.
1: It's crazy, like thinking about you know because there hasn't been a fest since 2019 or whatever. So many bands in my head. I'm like, yeah, of course they already fucking played. Like Mh in my head has played three times now for the Zarcore, but this being their first set. Like there's so many first sets for the fucking weekend that uh, I think yeah, I think just especially them. You know, one of the many that. You know, just kind of like a long time coming. And then, uh, yeah, I think the set's going to be sick.
3: Joe, I know uh, you were in the pit for the first FYA set, but you, you weren't for the second. Are you Are you going to be holding it down for um, their This Is Hardcore debut?
0: So I was in the pit with a broken hand in 2020. I was in the pit very briefly in 2021 in PA. And then oh, no. I, I tore my fucking hamstring <laughs> during their set at at Keystone Jam for them, which then was the reason why I couldn't mock for them at F.Y.A. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there's a black no. moss cloud hanging over you i don't know
0: so uh, according to if i don't get kicked in the head by Domba bomb and kevin doesn't accidentally kill me <laughs> argumentatively i'd have to survive mh chaos a set as like the third challenge <laughs> to survive <laughs> so challenge accepted i'm gonna be in there and if it's gonna and if marty or kevin are still alive i'm killing one of them just don't pick <laughs> up anybody no, no picking up anybody. <laughs> now, there was this moment during Youth of Today in 2016 where I saw some dude shirtless wearing a cape. I'm like, ah, oh, capes. That's weird. And I realized it's like a Colombian flag. And I'm like, wait, this is crazy. And uh, that was my introduction to Raw Brigade. Guys who came up to Philadelphia on a Thursday night for South, just from South America for the original lineup youth of today reunion at the czar Court. and then they played the fest and somehow they almost all live up here between new york jersey and philly and raw brigade post pandemic is probably one of the most vibrant live raw aggressive punk rock feelings out of all the bands from our area and there was a it was a no-brainer they were on the set and the, on the fest and what's cool is this carlos never stopped worrying and was like yo bro just want to make sure like you know like and i'm like yo dude like you, you're on it and then he was like finally like oh shit we're really on it it was fucking great because you know sometimes these bands get a little ego like yeah of course we're on it but it, it's fucking great that they're on this bill
1: yeah i know you you say a lot with me like oh you helped put this band over whatever all this other bullshit but 1000 percent, you are the reason raw brigade anybody knew what the fuck they were and then you bringing them up, whatever year that was, I, I can't remember what year it was at this point, but, you know, you you made people aware that they existed and they, you know, they obviously took the ball and ran with it, but you you using that, you know, you, you bringing them up and then you putting them in front of people, I feel like definitely changed the trajectory of, you know, the band, maybe even Carlos' fucking life. And, uh, you know, it's it's awesome seeing how much love they get. You know, they when they play Jersey and Amboy, and Copa de Oro, all that shit, like, those sets are always like unbelievable. Philly, like they're basically a Philly band. Like they're not, but I don't care. I'm adopting them anyways. And then, like, you know, just see, again, like I said, just seeing all the love they get, you know, coming from fucking Columbia is like just crazy. And it's awesome to see. So I'm glad they're part of it.
2: I mean, Carlos is one of the best frontmen that I've ever seen.
3: Yeah. He's one time. of those
2: frontmen yeah. where, like, uh, you see them, and even if you don't know uh, anything about them, you just see how, Energetic he is, and how infectious that energy is, and you just can't help but be like drawn in, and just like need to be a part of whatever set is going on. Like he just has something that no, like rare. It's like rarefied air. How good of a front man he is. So, yo um, cardio god, yeah, cardio, cardio god. god for sure, three,
3: there's three of them, Carlos. Then regulate, then blind justice, dude. Cardio gods—they never lose breath. They sing every word. They're jumping around doing backflips. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. Yep. and he has new
2: moves every time I see him. So I'm excited <laughs> for this time.
0: All right, walking into shout. <clears throat> this is a band that got the first Philly show love a couple years ago on an early this is, earlier this hardcore. And some of the dudes like really do live in Philly, even though they represent Jersey and you know, they're a mainstay at our shows. They're exemplary of what happens when you're a young band who is loving hardcore, but also making sure that you don't forget where you're from. And I love that about these guys. I really fucking do. I love this about them. And with the record release, that was such a big fucking hit. It's important to support these guys, and I think that Shackle's going to have one of these, oh fuck, they leveled up moments at the fest.
3: Yeah, Shackle's from the town next to where where I'm from, so they're they're a special one for me because I got to see them come up straight up from the demo to to go to Applebee's every week with Dylan and just talking to him about hardcore and kind of just kind of telling him or or helping him understand how to be and how not to be. I know Dylan texted you, Joe, and you didn't respond right away. And he sent me about 15 messages in a minute asking, Hey, talk to Joe. Hey, I texted him, Hey, what the heck? I said, It's all good. Then you and I had a conversation in a parking lot until four in the morning, and you must have hit him back. And he was like, Yeah, Joe hit me back. Like, he didn't really say yes, but he didn't really say no. Do you have any idea? And I was like, Dude, it's all good. And then he still probably every other day was asking me, You know, are you sure we're on it? Because, you know, we're supposed to go on tour, but I'd rather play the fest. and, you know, and then like a day or two ago, Dylan and I were talking and he was kind of saying how special it was for him to play the, uh, the saves a day, day on the circle 19. And then when, I, I guess I kind of accidentally told him he's playing the Thursday day. his he almost had a tear in his eye. He was like, <laughs> oh, this is New Jersey legendary. Like, you know, Dylan's a big emotional sap, but he's got part of the line and, and, you know, it's. It's so important to, to him to play it, of course, but just to be there. He would have canceled the whole tour just to be there and help pick up trash to help contribute <laughs> to the scene. And that's that's why Dylan, out of the younger kids, especially from my area, I give a lot of love to Dylan,
1: straight up. Yeah, they uh, – big country and the fellas. They do everything the right way to me. And, you know, they're doing that U.S. tour to summer. And, like, you know, they, they booked their own record release show. They fucking – the LP with Carter and all that stuff. And yeah, I I like everything about the band and uh, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad they just existed period. And I'm glad they're so integrated with our scene and everything. And then uh, those guys always come around and then I hope to, you know, I'm glad it's going to pay off with like a crazy, this is hardcore set.
3: Yeah. Even though you disrespected him and didn't put him on the barbecue, I think I'll forgive
1: you.
3: (laughs)
0: So, last question, this is a band that I would say, through COVID, really, they got like that COVID level, like that level growth. And nothing was more assured that than between the Bob Wilson October show and then their set at FYA. And I think that it would have been a huge misstep to not put them on the fest And they could also have One of these bills that people walk away Going what the fuck was that And um, I've really come around on that Catfish looking motherfucker Josh I'm happy it's hot enough that he's not Going to wear that vest no more <laughs> and, uh, and I'm and I'm happy that they're playing Their first this is hardcore Because pre-COVID they just got done Being psyched on FYA But then was in Philly Capping up LDB I was teasing him for it and uh, they didn't get to play in 2020 this hardcore, so we're finally having them, and I'm psyched for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, them kids support Philly. Like, you know, you, they could have easily moved to Philly and just acted like they were the shit and wanted everybody to kiss their ass and whatever, and just kind of, you know, just, just rest on their laurels or whatever. But they're always in the pit. They're at every fucking show, I think. like yeah, like four out of the five of them, I think, are at the show today fucking, you know, just hanging out, moshing, doing whatever. And they truly do love Philly. And, you know, got love for it. And then, uh, you know, so I'm glad, you know, the respect is given back. And, yeah, I mean, that, again, yeah, the, another band. First, this is Hardcore Fest. So like, I mean, it, it's going to be just fucking insane. So I'm glad they're part of it. And I'm glad they're from Philly and, you know, they live here and all that.
2: And they did do a really good job. Like, they're a band that easily could have been – they were getting momentum before COVID. And they're a band that easily could have just not picked it up and – you know, dropped off during COVID because, you know, I'm sure there's been a bunch of other bands that disappeared, but they came back and they were just playing tons of shows and just picked right up the momentum and just kept building. So it's a tribute to them too.
1: Yeah, and the smart thing they did, I think, is in like January, I think after FOA, maybe they played like one more show and they're like, we're just going to chill for a few months until like the record's ready to go and all that. So I think kind of just giving shit time to breathe and then coming back in. I think is actually going to be a huge help for, you know, their sets getting even better going forward.
0: Now their, their new record, I got a little taste of it. And it's something special. I'm hoping that the time, like you said, because they were playing everything and and rightfully so everybody wanted some of them, but I think this summer is going to be something that everyone's going to be walking away. A lot of old heads, a lot of new guys, not seeing life question. This is going to be their set now. Uh, when we're talking about shit that Bob Wilson does He puts these goofy ass shows on In these neighborhoods where I'm like someone's getting shot And the same night Was the first payback show Was the first time I seen Dare Was the first time that I seen Combust But also was the first time I seen One Step Closer And these little assholes grew on me Um to the point where I am sitting there As they're about to do that cover And I'm like wait are they really gonna fucking do this And um they played last time we had this is hardcore and we ha- we have had them come at the church with a comeback kid and they have a new record and a lot of times when bands start getting management and booking agents they leave it in the professionals hands but you know i still give credence that if you if if we have a relationship yeah i'll go through your people but you can always tell me hey we really want to play and I, my hat my hat's off to ryan one step closer for saying hey you know if you want us back we'd love to play because sometimes when bands start moving forward they go you know they forget about the interactions and the friendship building this is a bob band bob's booked them so many times i think bob's going to do a one-off for them soon but from the fest point of view it's always cool when a band doesn't need to but they still reach out being like yo what's up can we still play Uh, and i respect that
1: yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, them being on run for cover and all that, you know, it's very easy to kind of just essentially turn your back on. Like, oh, we're just going to do these kind of tours now. We don't really care about the hardcore shit, whatever. Like, And then they, like you said, they, they hit you up about wanting to play, being interested in playing. And, yeah, I mean, that's I respect the fuck out of them for that because a lot of bands, you know, choose the other path. And they're not afraid to say they're a straight edge band, which, you know, is always a plus for me. And, uh, yeah, I just, I'm fucking, I am like to like see them on this shit. Yeah, it's going to be fucking awesome.
0: Now, you know, and I know, Kev knows, and I think Greg knows, that uh, it was a little bit of a, not a struggle, but it was a little bit of a, a task to get Regulate to play this hardcore because of some kerfluffle and nonsense, but... There's something cool about seeing regulate now with none of that shit over their fucking heads anymore. And the 2021 highlight reel moment of hardcore for me was Seb. When we're at the drain show where we're doing the show on the floor runs behind Sammy and does his own flip on top of the crowd. Now there's no stage people. This is on the fucking ground. This is level. And I was actually kind of mad because I video put this a video on uh, Instagram and some kids stole it and made it a tick tock. I was like, you fucking dickhead.
1: <laughs> like, the damn, search. dog.
0: He stole yeah. your guap.
1: Yeah, <laughs> straight up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's all my guap. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but it was as funny because I'm like, wait a minute, didn't I take that? <laughs> but there's something sick about that dude. He's probably the best front man. We said this about a bunch of people, but the energy is unmatched. The Harry and M guys stuck with the program, and they've gone from being a band that was basically relegated to Jersey Shore and New York City shows to the videos I see of them in California. Their last time at the fest was fucking insane. And Regulé is a band that truly brings real New York hardcore flavor to these kids, and I'm fucking really excited for them. And they're also coming back uh, I think they're gonna be having new shit at some point. At least that's what I thought they were gonna talk about. But regulate's one of these bands that is such a classic, even though it's a modern classic New York hardcore sound. And I love them. Yeah, Seth I mean, is
3: another cardio king for sure. Yeah. That you can go all day and then take no breaks and not miss a word. It's it's fucking makes me feel so disgustingly disgusting.
1: <laughs> I mean him and Body being in the band together, yeah. like two of the best frontmen, two of the best monsters, two of the best divers. It's just it's like it was almost like fucked up hell stacked. Then you got me
3: losing my breath walking to the fucking car from my
1: fucking <laughs> That's, so That's I can't relate, man. I'm sorry. But uh Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> you Dr. Pepperkin. Whoa oh, the, <laughs>
2: the first time I remember seeing Seb at the fest was him stage diving with a broken arm at during ceremony in awesome. two thousand thirteen, I think. And he was just truly he was crumpled up uh like on the outside stairs in so much pain, but he just kept going because he just, I don't know, he just had the, the switch to literally stage dive with a broken arm in a cast. And uh, yeah, that's my fir- my first, this is hardcore, sad memory. And he's one of the best front man going. So, yeah, he is a
0: legend. Now, You're the Knife is a band that I work with. And I'm biased towards, but we worked really hard in 2019 and 2020, there was so much that we were looking forward to and the record came out in the pandemic and we didn't get to capitalize on that. And then when the record release was the first show back in Philadelphia, I I was really getting excited for them. And I'm still hopeful that they are going to be one of these bands that kids love. I've seen them. We've seen them at Pittsburgh at the Code Show. We've seen them in Terror and Dying Fetus. They played some wild fucking shit lately. And they're playing the Philadelphia barbecue hardcore show number three. And this is a, this is a moment for them. This is going to be make or break. They got to step it up. They got to show everybody why they're playing over these bands and I hope they bring the thunder.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like their coming out party kind of was unless I'm wrong, was that that was the first Tyler show, right? The the one that was, that was hardcore, the first Philly show.
0: That was the first Philly show back. It was a July third, 2021.
1: Well, I'm saying the first first time Tyler sang was that this is hardcore, right? Am I crazy? Oh yes. yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, because uh, yeah, that was a, and that was it. That was another make it break moment because it was like, Well, I don't know what we're gonna do. I'm like, Well, you're gonna play this hardcore and you're gonna keep fucking going.
1: Yeah.
2: What do you yeah. I, And they kept saying to me, like, oh, Tyler's doing it for this show. We'll see what happens. And it was like I kept telling them Tyler's gonna do it this show and it's gonna be so good that he's gonna he's the singer, like that's it. And they were all skeptical, and then here we are a few years later, and he's another one. We keep saying it, but one of the best front men, one of the most fun front men to watch currently.
1: I mean, yeah, he's a dude specifically that will be talked about you know, after they're not a band or he's stopped coming around at some point or whatever. And just, yeah, he's just like, he said. yeah, there is a lot of really good front men on this fest. So that's all, you know, I feel like I was kind of in decline for a minute and people were just kind of boring and nobody really did shit that was interesting or whatever. And then, uh, you know, he's definitely one of the best going right now.
3: Yo and looking at it one step closer into regulate into Year of the Knife three straight edge bands in a row. I don't know the last time that happened on the Sarkor, and you know, that doesn't really happen very often anymore because everyone's not straight edge anymore. So that's fucking sick.
1: Yeah, I like that. I didn't realize that.
3: I really like that shit. Straight edge baby.
1: <laughs> Love it. Three
0: three straight edge bands, three XXXX bands in a row. That's now, the rock block right there. Now I did the CU Space Cowboy band at Phoenixville in the fall and it was like a test ground for Phoenixville and Connie, who is the singer of CU Space Cowboy did something that a lot of these fucking bands don't do. You know, um, we have them locally, you have them locally in your area, you have your scene star celebrity where they'll give you the time of the day as long as you idolize or tell them that they're great and they'll mimic caring but Connie's something special in that she sat there for over an hour and 20 minutes and talked to every single person just because they were there to have this conversation and um that's real shit and um I I don't see that I see people playing shows and doing the obligatory yeah 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 of course thank you for the set and they they mock you they 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 manufacture humility but they're living it up. But when you see someone ingratiate their self to the people that go off or love their band, it was something special and um it is a great way to break up the crazy aggression, fast, straight edge stuff into some of the metallic stuff by putting C Space Cowboy on this bill. And I'm excited to see if the this is hardcore crowd will go off for this band.
1: Yeah, that's, it's definitely one of the bands I'm most curious to see how the uh, the reaction of, like, you know, the, the normal hardcore kid at FS is.
3: I think it's going to go off. That's my prediction.
0: Now, obviously, it we also had to break up Gridiron from Year of the Knife. Um, Tyler, who dr- drums uh, in Gridiron, sings for Year of the Knife. So this is like his 30 minute (sighs) moment and then is right back up there and locally and in our friendship group, nothing is more bizarre, awesome, weird, amazing and uncanny than Gridiron and their COVID rise to power.
3: Yeah, you're not seeing my man Matt Carl do any flips or anything yeah. like that.
0: We, we <laughs> Although
3: talk, we did, be best
2: front man.
0: <laughs> the set would be much more interesting because
2: he'd
1: be carried out in the stretcher.
2: <laughs> we talk about the best front man, and then we talk about Carl. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dude, Carl, his... Uh, because he figured out, like, how we can sing live where he doesn't have... Like, he literally is, like, not sweating at the end of the set somehow. Like, he's, like... He figured out the formula. I, like, again, like... When they start, when he's telling me he's doing a band, I was like, yeah, I heard this literally 32 times, like, whatever. Like, I, it was a real prove-it-to-me kind of situation with them because, you know, I love everybody in the band, but I was just like, all right, like, I'm not going to gas this up. I want you to prove that you actually give a fuck about this and you're trying to, like, do something with it. And then at the barbecue, I mean, I, I literally instantly, I was like, all right, I'm fucking sold. Like, you know, you proved everything that you needed to prove. To, like, who the fuck am I? Obviously, who gives a shit? But. They uh yeah, their their rise is like just fucking insane. The people that don't like anything like it, they're like hit me up like, yo, I can't get enough of that fucking Gridiron record. Like I it's it's a crazy simulation that we live in, but it's an awesome simulation. And you know, just, just watching them every time. I mean, dude, like the record we show here, the Detroit show I we went out to, like it's it's just fucking awesome to see. And uh yeah, again, that's like the vibes when they play is like just fucking incredible.
2: Yeah, the record release show was an instantly legendary show. I mean, we all could tell in the days leading up to it that it was going to be something special. And then when you were there, like, it was a true, like, in the moment, you knew, like, that as the show was going on, it was like, well, this show is, you know, an unbelievable show. And then the Gridiron set was, like, I can't believe it was – I keep saying it, but it was unbelievable. And, like, the record – Uh, As soon as I heard it, I was like, everybody's going to love this record. This record's going to be gigantic because it's just like undeniably good. Even if you like, even if that style isn't really your thing, there's enough catchiness on it. There's enough like clever or just ridiculous lines on it that are memorable. Like the record is just awesome. And, you know, we talk about how this hardcore represents like what's going on currently. And we talk about it representing what's going on currently in our scene and like Gridiron is the band right now. Like they're the band. So um, they're on a, a great spot. They're playing like one of the big spots on Sunday, sec- the second day. And it's gonna be like another one of those. If you don't know Gridiron going in, you're gonna be like, what the fuck was that? I That was unbelievable.
1: Yeah, Greg's a, a day one Gridiron guy.
2: No, I, uh, I was kind
3: of a hater on it until the barbecue. Oh, I, I was
1: wrong. The barbecue, I was like,
3: I mean, we all know Matt Carl, you know, you got, you got, I doubt him immediately. But then the barbecue, I was like, holy shit, this is makes perfect sense, and it fucking went off. And then I think immediately I went into punishing everybody for test presses and <laughs> kissing Matt Carl on the cheek. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, anyone who's listening to the podcast has, uh, since its inception, Eddie Leeway, Eddie Sutton is. And has been fighting cancer this whole time since the pandemic. And at a certain point in time, he started saying to me, I just can't wait to get back into things. I can't wait for the Nexus is hardcore. And so multiple people have been like, wait, Leeway's playing? And it's like, well, yeah, bitch. Like, this motherfucker's been fighting cancer in the hopes of giving his time back into doing this. And so who the fuck am I to be like, Eddie, let's... uh. Let's take a break. Let's wait for you. No, no, Eddie is ready. He's playing a show at the end of this month as a warm up. He said he wants to make sure he's in tip top, perfect shape for it. And when you can be in the state that he's at, where he's fighting cancer, people love leeway. And I just pray to God that he is ready for this. And I pray that you all go see this because Eddie is a fighter. And i will tell you he's a fucking fighter. And I hope you listen to the episodes he's been on. He would stop by to talk to us at the Christmas time. And I love the guy and I'm fighting for him. And so this leeway set's going to be cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, I feel like you can find, you know, leeway DNA in you know, 60% of the fucking bill. So it's always good, you know, when having, having the, the originators of the shit, you know, actually up there playing the songs that you ripped off or, you know, you're in.
0: Well, and that's exactly it. It's like, look, you want to, you know, in every riff from the fast stuff all the way through to the metallic stuff, there's there's a there's a, a or there's an origin in this year in this in this leeway, and um, I'm just really excited. Now, the next band that we're allowed to talk about because we got a special guest that we're not able to announce today is uh, Misery Signals, and this was a coin toss. People were like, I don't think they're going to hit. Other people were like, yo, like all the Cuyo cool guys who are on a tour so they're not able to play, hopefully they still come because I hear the Long Island people are really fucking with misery signals. And I didn't know. I, like This band could be great. This could be a complete disaster. And then when we drop that they're playing, people seem to be into it. So I'm actually thinking that this is going to be the set where I'm going to be on the side of the stage going – is this going to be crazy or is this going to be like, oh, all right, people weren't really into it.
1: Yeah. They, I mean, I love seven angels, seven plagues and they're a band. And when, you know, they started this band, I was, it was like the EP, I guess they put out, I was like super into. And then I, I haven't really, to be honest, given that much thought in a minute, but I feel like over the years, they become a band like to like a younger kid, like the foreign hands, if you like foreign hands, like that whole squad, I feel like misery signals is kind of just like a seminal, you know, band, them along with like Poison Well and like, you know, other bands of the era, I think is like, you know, kind of like a starter pack for the music that they got into at the time, like a like a gateway band. And then uh, I'm, I'm in the camp that the set is going to be fucking ridiculous. And I'm actually really excited to watch it.
0: Nothing from Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I, guess,
3: <laughs> I, I I mean, I, I don't I don't have much of an opinion. I'm, I'm not nothing, bitch. Shut up
2: The only thing I know is that They did the theme song for a wrestler named Roderick Strong So you'll probably see Ty Dawson moshing insanely hard
1: For that song and that song only (laughs) And it'll be Uh, the last thing you see Punishments (laughs) played with Seven Angels
0: Punishments played with Dead to Fall Shattered Realms played with Misery Signals They're from the Midwest And I hope they I hope they kill it It's just always a weird thing I don't know you know, obviously, in a in a big fest thing like that furnace fest, I could see them having a thousand plus fans. I don't know what I don't know who who's gonna fuck with this, but I hope it is fucked with. Now, we haven't had this band back at the fest since two thousand and eight, um, and comeback kid again as part of the tour. Comeback kid, misery signals an end. Um, they've been waiting for a while to come back to the fest. And this is one of these moments where it's like, okay, motherfuckers, you got a new record. You're coming back. It's making it, it a break of time, man. And um, I, I know Elise is going to be all uh, excited and hit her full Terrence and Phillip way, but um, I, I really, I'm really, i really excited to see if the Canadians uh, are let across the border and come out and support their people.
2: A really funny thing is that I just realized that all three of us played that year.
0: Oh yeah, that was
1: oh, your Hollows
2: playing? Hollows opened oh, that shit. day.
1: <laughs> is there a photographic or video evidence of a Hollow set? Uh, actually, I don't oh, think so. Oh so shit! We
2: didn't I'll pay play. good money for that. We are. I. I don't know if there's any pictures or videos. The only proof I have is that we're on a laminate, and our name is probably spelled wrong. But I can't.
3: tell You could you have bootlegged
1: like sure. that shit. Who knows though?
3: Uh, that's true. This is. 2008 is also the year that Mongoids broke a string on stage and we weren't smart enough to continue playing. And then Joe went ballistic on Idiots. <laughs> so if you're in a band playing this is hardcore 2022 and you break a string, keep it fucking moving. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, that's a great way to segue into a hallmark moment that might be overlooked by most people. Terror was the first headliner in 2006. They were also the first band to come back and headline a second time. It came back. They headlined again for us. In fact, Terror has played multiple This Is Hardcore sets, but they have never played This Is Hardcore at the Electric Factory or now, as it's known, the Franklin Music Hall. And these motherfuckers have a record. That is gonna destroy everybody this summer. And they are flying directly from their last show in Germany to Philadelphia, and three hours later they're getting on stage to play the set.
1: Dude, they yeah, it's they, pretty I epic. Mean, yeah. I mean it, when you think of hardcore, I mean Vogel's gotta be one of the three people you think of first. You know what I mean? Like that dude lives for the shit. It's terror is unlike any hardcore band ever. I I kind of think at this point, like. They are about to enter, I think, when the new record hits and they start playing out on it. They're going to have like a third renaissance as like a band, which, you know, you don't get fucking three opportunities as a hardcore band. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when they started off, it was like popping, you know, and they they stayed the course and then Keepers of Faith came out. And I feel like this is going to be their like Keepers of the Faith-esque. Like people obviously love terror, but I feel like it's going to they're going to get a whole new young fan base that didn't really know about them or care about them before. And I think they're going to be right back in the thick of it. And it's just like, it's unbelievable. And I'm, I'm fucking psyched. Cause like I said, they're, they're like the epitome of hardcore to me.
3: Yeah. I was lucky enough to go to one of those LA release shows this past week and their set was fucking incredible. They sounded the best I've ever heard them. And the reaction was just off the wall, especially playing with so many strong openers. Like their set just, yeah, they're, it's going to be this summer. They're going to definitely crush it.
0: Now, We talked so much about Thursday in the intro that it's like, this is the moment for them. This is it. Like they're playing full collapse. Um, It was an interesting note that it was a year before Perseverance came out. So they got 21 years as opposed to Hatebreed's 20 years. And um, I do believe Norm Brannon from Texas would still be in the group at the time. And we tried to not end Sundays with such like a heavy crazy band. Obviously people will be going off for Thursday but I don't think it's going to be like the or the Marauder level like evil mosh vibes. Oh, and, don't
3: tell Kev Hare that.
0: We'll oh, see what well, he does. Well, Kevin Hare and Marty are going to be <laughs> fucking each other up but you're looking at Mr. Glass and Kev, man, I know you're doing some jujitsu, but I don't think you've got four days in you anymore.
2: <laughs> I just need two days. I need two strong days. <laughs>
0: but um no i think that this is the this is going to be something that people who real i mean the amount of people that told me the importance of their band like oh my god this record i can't believe it and i'm just really happy like as a promoter and as a fest promoter as well it's awesome when you get something right like this. And so many people have said that to me, like, this record's so cool. I'm so excited. It really does make me happy that we have them. And um, I really look forward to this. And I really am so happy that Jeffrey Lee and the gang are going to be ending our entire weekend on a high note. And as I said in the first episode, this is something that I was working on in 2020 with the Dearly Departed brian dilworth and i'm very happy that's finally come to fruition and in a very sentimental thing i hope that if there is a moment of his essence or spirit and he's watching this i hope he's happy
1: yeah i mean i think that's a perfect way to cap off the weekend
2: yeah. Yeah. and we uh usually start breaking down outside during like towards the end of sunday i will not be doing that during thursday Hell you will see, me during, their you will see me during Thursday. You
1: hear that, Ben Stuckey,
0: Clemo, Big Jake? Your ass yeah. is gonna be outside with the tents. Yo, yo, yeah. yo! New blood. Time to break them in, right? <laughs> <laughs> McVeigh, so, you going to get your ass out there, bitch.
2: We're gonna be having so gonna a break, moment during Thursday, so.
0: <laughs> so I'm gonna break. I'm gonna break this one down for you guys. We talked about Saturday and Sunday. The way the ticketing is going, so you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is a three day ticket. You could also, for the first time ever, how many years people broke my balls? Why don't you have a two-day ticket? I'm like, because it's not, a, it wouldn't be a Tuesday ticket, it'd be a Saturday Sunday ticket. So the first time ever, if you can't come Friday, but you don't are going both days, we are offering a limited amount of Saturday Sunday tickets. The two days are only for Saturday, Sunday, because obviously some people at work, they can't make Friday. Without the four-day ticket that we usually done, this is the only time I've ever offered it. And so make sure if you're trying to buy your tickets, you get the three-day. If the three-day don't work, at the two-day. Or, you know, there's going to be single-day tickets for all the days. Now, inclusive to This Is Hardcore over the years has been a four-day Thursday pre-show. You know, there was a time when there was four days. Then we broke it back down to a pre-show. But it did start with a thing called Throwback Thursday, which Punishment, Kensington, um, Oswell didn't show up, but they were supposed to play. Second Under was supposed to show up. They didn't show up. And so that was the beginning of Thursdays. Little League did headline, or they were going to headline, and then they asked Punishment the headline. I said, fine, fuck it, we'll do it. Demian got mad. <laughs> so Punishment actually headlined the first real Thursday but this is hardcore. And going forward, there was a moment like we did the underdog set in 2011, mm-hmm. and that was the first real Thursday. Then in the Electro Factory era, we were doing them at the underground arts, or not underground arts, rather, the union transfer. Mm-hmm. And then there was two years where we were doing it at the factory and we're back. Thursday is its own thing. Like you could buy a three day ticket. You still have to buy your own ticket if you're going Thursday. And and another reason why I'm doing that is some people are going away this weekend. I know it's close to July 4th, which is a big deal. Some people already have planned vacations. I have people like fuck this weekend. I always go away. So I did something special and I booked a fucking great show. Now we can't announce all the bands. So I'm going to just go through this pretty, Simply as of now, you're going to get the first and only summer show for tsunami on the East coast. So if you didn't get a chance to see tsunami at the gridiron record release, come to this is hardcore Thursday. You can see tsunami. It's going to be fucking crazy sick. Um, All right, boys, what do you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, first, first Philly appearance for him. Finally, I feel will get to look along. I mean, I haven't been banned for a while, but I feel like took to a long time coming. I mean, like, half the band is out of here every other month seemingly with, you know, Drain or, you know, fucking Sable Gulch and all that shit. So, I mean, I think that's a crazy way to start off the weekend. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad they're actually fucking making it out for it.
0: Now, yeah. this next band, uh, <laughs> if you don't know Lord Isaac, I don't know what to tell you. But uh, he's got a new record. Scarhead is... Just got done a US tour. He tells me he's getting old and that he hadn't been in a, a van for three and a half weeks. We had to get his back adjusted. But that he's super psyched on the record. And, you know, when I got arrested, Isaac told my mother specifically that he was gonna go ahead and play a benefit show. He kept his word. Ezek's the man. Scarhead is not only just a, a cool, fun New York hardcore band. But Izak just live is his own crazy ass experience, and you'd be crazy if you don't fucking see this.
3: Yeah, Tsunami yeah, I mean. and Scarhead together is is an amazing <laughs> combo, straight up. I'm yep, very agree. excited. Oh.
0: Um, now, again, we got some. We're still filling some holes here. So, um, with the hold, my own carry by six split we've decided to put them two together on this bill so i'll let greg take it and talk about his own band
3: yeah i punished joe pretty hard this year about <laughs> playing somewhere on the fest and just being honest uh i just seeing and being a part of what he's been putting together and having the conversations with him i think this is is one of the years like he outdid himself 100 and obviously joe you did an amazing job and I am super excited to be doing a new band that's actually playing with m- my boy Anshit from MH Chaos and and yeah and Shane from The Killer and yeah it's gonna be awesome. We, we're doing a split with Carry by Six. It's gonna be on Never Ran Never Will. Joe and Richie Crutch are doing a label. Um, yeah, we're just I'm glad that Punishing You worked and I appreciate you always supporting me even if it's not something you like or even if you don't like me at that very moment. Thank you, Joe.
0: Drive me nuts, but I love you and hate you at the same time. (laughs) And, uh, so if you listen to the Zach Thorne episode, you heard him talk about zero trust and we played it. Um, if you were at the Thursday pre-show where we had homicidal, there might be a little bit of that in there. There's gonna be zero trust, the new band he has. It's a guy from code horn, um, Cody to Cambria, uh, dj has been around uh the bulldoze era guys. I mean, Mike and Zach from Bulldoze are in this band. It's this is legit and they haven't played many hardcore shows because they can't we're starting around the pandemic. And um I like to throw some of my friends' bands on these uh pre-shows, kind of give people a new taste of different bands. Did you guys even check out those tracks from Zero Trust or have you guys not really che- do you guys not remember them? I checked them out at the time, yeah.
3: Yeah, they were sick.
0: What's gonna be interesting? Yeah, they- He's one of the,
1: I mean, obviously people throw respect on him, but, like, he's just one of the, the, I don't know. His, like, track record in hardcore is just, like, pretty much unmatched, I feel like. So he can always put together some crazy shit.
3: Yeah, and I heard Zach actually wrote, uh, uh, I guess, some or majority of that new Scarhead record.
0: Wrote and recorded, in fact. So here's a crazy story. So Scarhead goes out to record in the Midwest, in Milwaukee, or, like, outside of Wisconsin. And they were like, oh, fuck, we need blah, blah, blah. It was after FYA, but only a couple weeks. And On Sheet and them show up and bring Scarhead gear to play on the record. <laughs>
3: That's As- amazing.
0: And I- obviously, they probably smoked a shit ton of weed. And talked to my <laughs> But uh, yeah, so the whole My Own slash MH Chaos uh, love with Scarhead and uh, Zero Trust is there. And um, in keeping with the Midwest shit, Karma, they're starting to tour more. They just came through at the yard. They came through with Knock Loose. And, um, you know, for a Midwest band that I think was kind of just kicking around the Midwest while they're doing a little bit more, and they've offered to come out and play the pre-show. So we're going to give them a shot, and I'm, I'm hoping that people check them out. And, um, again, this is a lot what the pre-shows are. There's a lot of, like, bands are on the way up, and then we've got some bangers. Like, like I said, I can't announce some of them yet, but the Thursday is gonna be shaping up. But, um, if you checked out Karma before, where there's a Knock Loose tour, the Dare show, uh, they're gonna be swinging back around. And, um, that's all I can really say about it for now with Karma. I don't know if you guys fuck with these guys or not.
3: Yeah, Chicago. Yeah, it's, it's cool.
0: It's, like, a, a connection to the whole My Own shit as well. Um... If you've ever been in Philly, especially lately, here's a giant, smiley, goofy motherfucker in Cody Clark who has donated more shirts to my uh, T-shirt and merch collection than anybody. I wear more Goon Squad shirts than anything. But um, Cody helps out along with um, the maniac Zach Barone from Carry by Six. If you're at a Philly hardcore show – you are lucky that it's not me and Jay Bush and other maniacs. It's now Cody Clark and Zach Barone in a pit, but um, Cody Clark being a guy who's helped out in the security capacity of shows, were throwing gloves off on the fucking um, on the Thursday show. And um, they had a new record that came out and they're a little bit on the metal core heavier side of shit. And um, I'm hoping people come from out of town and check these guys out so they can play beyond just PA in New Jersey, which is mostly what they've done so far.
1: Yeah, shout out Cody Clark,
0: Bucks County Hardcore. Yo, hold it down, PA. Yeah, we
1: don't fuck around. Cody had a beautiful
3: voice, too. He did uh, April Situation when Shadow Round played This Is Hardcore in 2018.
0: Yo, he had a band that did these emo covers before all these dickheads started doing emo nights. (laughs) And he would donate the money to kids. He would just do this show, get paid some money, and donate it. And he could sing like an angel. But he's a giant goon of a man, and it's like... Thank God he doesn't punch people too much. But I did see him actually at a gloves offset punch a person during the was COVID. It climb up? No, it was some fucking kid who started a fight and he literally hit the kid once and it was fucking dust. It was fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> um in a weird tie of the last this is hardcore Thursday, had Dan Nastasi, who is in Doggy Dog and Leeway and Mucky Pup, and had Billy from, uh, Billy, um, Deluxe involved in this. The uh, Deluxe is joined Kings Never Die, which is a band. If you listen to the podcast with, we only did part one, we got to still do part two with Danny Schuler of Biohazard. He's joined Kings Never Die. We didn't get to that part, but, um, they kind of revamped their band and they've been playing all over and we're trying to give these guys a shot. So they played a couple shows without Danny and they really kind of are starting to come into their own and they're going to play early and they're going to fit well with the Scarhead shit and the other shit we have coming up on this bill. So make sure early to check out Kings never die. Um, The next band is crazy. Uh, Bob, you may, you know, the kid, you know, the guy, not the kid. Jay from turning point has been in a bunch of different bands besides turning point. And when I booked turning point, I had to go, he was like the final block. And Jay was like, I don't want a headline. I just want to play with Gorilla Biscuits. I'm like, nah, dude, this is going to be awesome. And he said, like, I don't know, man. People aren't going to care. And I made him a promise. I said, if this set sucks, you could punch me in the face. So when Turning Point got on stage, they started playing. I grabbed him. I, and I, you could see it on the video, 8.56. I grabbed him. And I, I, you see him shaking his head. I'm like, do you still want to punch me? And he shook his head no. But that was like one of his favorite moments for Turning Point was playing that show. And he's got this band, Honey. And we're going to throw them on the bill. They're a little bit thrashier. And Jay never stopped being in bands, but nothing really ever took off past Turning Point. So we're hoping that This Is Hardcore is the thing that does it. And I hope that you guys come early and check them out. Bob, did you actually listen to Honey? Greg, do you know who Honey Kevin, do you know who Honey is?
1: Yeah, he – I mean, yo, Greg – I mean, Greg, fucking Jay. I mean, post-Turning Point, obviously, he did – shadow season godspeed 1200 like he like you said he always kept doing shit and i love all those fucking bands so i'm glad that you know he's still he's still doing stuff the honey shit isn't like what i thought it would be when he when he first put it out but uh i mean he's such a fucking good guitar player and it's it's real it's cool so i'm, I'm hoping people get their way to fucking check it out
0: when did honey first come out
1: i think a few years ago at this point probably like yeah i, I think
0: pre-play i think it was actually a pre-pandemic thing but I think that they actually released something in the like right around the pandemic, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, but I'm almost positive.
0: And so yeah. it's like Jay Lachlan hasn't even had a chance to really roll this out. And like, you know, and, and this is something that's kind of like a fucked up thing. And not fucked up, but I'll say it's like, you know, there's a lot of people who go off from hardcore and they do other stuff and they really get left. Like, oh well, you know, you know, they do more like old guy stuff or they play bar stuff. But, um, you know, like Bob said, he has had nothing but bands. He never stopped doing bands. You know, like he was in the band before Turning Point. He was in all these bands after. But they ended up dropping this shit right in the middle of the pandemic. And I think that no one really knew when it went over. And I, I definitely think... If you're a power trip fan, there's some stuff there. If you fuck with suicidal tendencies, there's some stuff there. And I think just because, and we've talked about this more on the podcast, the older you guys get, you know, um, the harder it is for younger kids to vibe with it. But this shit's real, man. And I think like, because they were a band that released shit into the pandemic, they got lost in the shuffle and just out of love and respect that Jay took something that was super important to him, Skip, his best friend, and they trusted us to do this uh, the the memorial to Skip. I I owe it to him and I owe it to all the old school guys who do these awesome bands and sometimes don't to get love to try to help them out. And that's why Honey's on the bill. That's why Kings never dies on the bill. And these young guys, I know they're not your best friends, but come check them out because sometimes these old guys, actually not sometimes, all of the time, these old dudes have some shit up their sleeve. And in a complete different turn of events, We have Cycle Abuse, the most young kid, asshole, mosh, (laughs) just the lowest IQ, hard moshing shit. But those dudes, loud-ass voice Michael, them dudes come to shows and they go off, man. So who better than an ignorant-ass band from the area to start off the entire This Is Hardcore on the Thursday pre-show than, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Big Mike.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yo, yeah, them kids, like we talked about with some other bands like Fool's Game, like I can be at a West Philly punk show and I'll show up and they're fucking there shooting pool, like downstairs, some weird <laughs> shit. Like they're fucking, you know, some metalcore shit, hardcore shit, whatever. Those kids are just down, you know, and pretty much anything that me and you do, they'll fucking roll out. And, you know, and like, which is awesome because I identify with that a lot because especially when I was younger, I just went to everything. Like I didn't, if there's a show, I would rather be at the show than sitting at the house. We're going to you know doing whatever, so those dudes I really like their mentality on everything, and you know I'm glad their their band's starting to pop off a little bit, and uh, I mean they're they're good at the punishment show, so I, I think I mean the modern hardcore kid I feel like you know if you check them out you probably fuck with them, so it's a good way to start
0: off. Well, that's a band to band rundown. I'm gonna start with Greg, then I'm gonna go to Bob, and I'm gonna go to Kev. And I want you to summarize or just give some final thoughts on This is Hardcore 2022. I,
3: I mean, for me, I think even from seeing the lineup and it's changed a little bit from the beginning the conversation we had, but this year I feel like you really outdid yourself, especially after having to take two years off from uh, the pandemic and everything else that happened. It, you came back with a with a big bang. And, you know, for me, I'm looking forward to seeing Shackled reaching out and all the new jersey bands
0: thank you
1: um yeah i mean pretty much just gonna echo what greg said i think going into this other years i've had kind of like and i was like oh joe will probably do this that and the other whatever but this year i straight up was like i don't know what the fuck he's gonna do like i'm so curious to see what the what his mentality is with everything and where he goes with it and i think you just you crush it beyond yeah i feel again i feel like i'm a fucking dip riding but like dude, you you put together an under lineup you know it's all the it's the new shit that people want to see it's the classics that people should see it's you know the fucking headliners might be your best headliners literally ever which is fucking you know doing this for as long as you have to be able to put pull this together is just fucking you're a true and like you're just a maniac dude like it's it turned out so good and you know i know myself and you know andrew jill like everybody else like you know, This This Is Hardcore is basically... I mean, I started going to This Is Hardcore the first one. I was, like, still a teenager, literally. I was, like, 19, I think. Or maybe I was 20. I can't remember. But so all my 20s and now, like, into my 30s and shit have been, been like, you know, This Is Hardcore is, like, totem pole throughout the year and all that shit. And then... uh, So I'm just glad it's back. I'm glad it's going to literally just, I think, blow people's minds. And, uh yeah, he, he fucking did a great job. So I'm excited to see the reaction.
0: Kevin?
2: Yeah, I think...
1: I'm just going to say all
2: the same stuff that they said, but I think that really the the strength this year is how well-rounded it is, where there's really cool headliners. I mean, you got the white whale, so hate breed is on, and that's really enough, but then you have – it's a good job of, like, everything that's going on that's, like, big right now, the next things that are coming up. There's a lot of local representation, which is good and I think is really vital to the fest. Um, Like, I've been to everyone and – it's, it really is like an important tentpole part of my year and not having it there. I think it is really, there's been an empty void. And I think that part of me doesn't even realize how empty that is. And it's really just all going to come back when, uh, when we walk in and, and it all gets started there. So I'm super excited for it. And I don't know really like what else could have been done on the lineup. It's awesome. There's something for every, everybody, I think. So.
0: To all of your guys' individual praise, I thank you guys. I have the best team to go to and ask for support, ask for honesty. And it's an important thing for me to live up to you guys' expectations because you guys do really do deal with this from the minute we start to the minute and you guys are integral to the fest. And hearing your praise – Makes me feel so much more confident. And for anybody listening, the easiest thing to do in three hours, or if you are, if it's already on sale, is get your fucking tickets. Don't miss this one. Thank you for sitting through two and a half hours of us talking about it. Thank you for supporting, whether it's your first, whether you got married because of this hardcore, whether you haven't been in years. Make this shit happen. Thank you for supporting us, and thank you for listening. Take care.